I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? He's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. The chair of the RNC was holding out hope that the former president would change his mind and show up on that debate stage. But Donald Trump is making it clear he is sitting this one out. So the lineup is now set. Eight Republican candidates will be on that stage in Milwaukee tomorrow night. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson qualifying at the very last minute. While most of Trump's rivals have been hesitant to criticize him as he faces multiple investigations, nearly everyone in this crowded Republican field is going after him for sitting this debate out. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie calling him a coward. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying that anyone that wants the Republican nomination should show up and debate. The big question, how does this field take on a frontrunner who is not there? I am not going to allow Peter King to defend Jimmy Burke on this show. I don't care how much I love him, how many years he served in Congress. I am not going to allow him to, to, to take a, a police guy who was banging prostitutes, walking around with dildos hanging out at Oak Beach, I'm not going to let it happen. Ain't going to happen here. Disgraced former Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke was arrested again. The 58-year-old was taken into custody at Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park in Farmingville. Prosecutors say he solicited sex and exposed himself at the public park. Charges include offering a sex act, public lewdness, and indecent exposure. This is a sign of a crisis, a greatest, I believe, humanitarian crisis the city has ever witnessed. In the meantime, city officials look to any possible locations they can find for housing. That will include the former St. John's Villa Academy on Staten Island, which will be open by the end of the week. A small addition, but at this point, everything counts. We will make, as we have throughout this entire crisis, almost anything work. Hundreds rallied Tuesday night near Floyd Bennett Field, outraged after the White House gave the okay for this national park site in southeast Brooklyn to house newly arrived migrants. The deal was announced Monday by Governor Kathy Hochul. You never told anybody. You never spoke to the community. You didn't let your local elected officials know. This is a complete system failure from the mayor to the governor to the Homeland Security Director to the vice president to the president. Everybody's lying to us and failing us. We're out to expose the truth.
Collins, Genesis, home by the sea. That's my home, home by the ocean. About a block and a half or two blocks away to be completely accurate. Home by the sea. That's how we start this hump day Wednesday edition of your favorite talk show in New York City. Quite frankly, the number one news talk morning show in the country. We are sitting friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. A lot to get to today. <laughs> you heard that open huge night debate night Fox News. Brian Kilmeade will join me live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, coming up at 740. Fox News has it, but they don't have Donald Trump. And uh, for me, I will watch every second tonight. I'll be interested to see some of these other candidates. But for the most part, they're jealous losers. Chris Christie is a fat, jealous loser. He's got nothing to say. You know, if you're going to run for president, tell me why you'll be a good president. Don't stand there on stage and take shots at somebody else, especially a guy that for the better part of three and a half years distinguished himself as one of the greatest presidents in this country's history. So whether it's Chris Christie, fat loser Ron DeSantis, they have nothing to offer, nothing. You know, Tim Scott's a nice guy. Nikki Haley's nice. Mike Pence, another backstabbing jerk. Then you've got Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> you know, a lot of you folks out there like him. I don't see it. And he has had a brutal week. I mean, brutal, including wanting to stop sending money and aid to Israel by 2028. You want to lose Sid Rosenberg in a second? Stop picking on Israel. So I never really loved him to begin with. I remember I was on uh, Lawrence Jones' show on Fox News a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night. And Vivek was on right before me. Look, smart guy. No one's going to argue that. Really corny. You may remember at the Iowa State Fair, he burst out into Eminem. And then yesterday in Milwaukee, he put on a 1776-themed debate. I mean, really corny. Really corny. But it turns out some of his foreign policy is deadly. He may have, in fact... Pulled an RFK Jr. this week by saying what he said about Israel. So I'm not a huge fan of his. So I'll watch tonight, but the truth is, without Trump, who cares? Who cares? Trump's not up by 15 points. Trump's not up by 10 points. He's not an arm's distance away. It's over. I know Michael Goodwin yesterday said there's still five months. The Iowa caucus. Christie's doing well in New Hampshire. All nonsense. Complete nonsense. Four indictments later. Indictments. The possibility of going to jail. Slim, but it's out there. And all Trump has done is lengthened his lead. Lengthened it to 46 points. So good luck trying to convince me that tonight is important. Unless you are searching for candidates to be Trump's running mate, then maybe a guy like Tim Scott. Becomes important tonight. But DeSantis, he has no chance. Trump hates him. And he hates Trump. So DeSantis is a waste tonight. Chris Christie, he's polling at about 2%. I know 9% in New Hampshire, but about 2%. Complete waste. From the day he jumped in, all he's done is malign President Trump. 
the same guy he sucked up to for years. And all you need to know is Anthony Scaramucci loves Chris Christie. I rest my case. So that's uh, that's a big story tonight. But, of course, the biggest story was Floyd Bennett Field last night. Now, look, if you listen to the show every day and you do in large numbers, how do I know? Well, I see the ratings. They're outrageous. No one comes close to me at this station or at WOR. But quite frankly, some of the shows at WFAN, no one. No one comes close. That's a fact. But when I get out to Floyd Bennett Field last night and I see the crowd that's amassed in that grassy area going there with my friend Lou Rafino, who was kind enough to pick me up and drive me, it is clear that we've got a huge audience a huge audience that, yes, listens to me every morning, but also loves Curtis Lewa, who has just been doing an outstanding job, outstanding job exposing our political leaders, whether it's the governor, Kathy Hochul, the mayor, Eric Adams, or city council people like Joanne Ariola, Stacey Pfeiffer, Amato, and Justin Brennan as liars. Liars. Flat-out liars. In Queens, arrested a couple of days ago. On Staten Island, arrested a couple of days ago. No arrest last night. We made that very clear when we showed up. Curtis and I shook hands with every cop. And there may have been, I don't know, Lewis, 50 cops? Easy. Easy. We shook hands with everyone. In fact... All great, too. When me and Lou arrived, Lou goes, oh, my God, it's a mess. What are the chances you know a cop here tonight? (laughs) And this is a true story. Two seconds later, we made this turn. We made this turn, and an officer in a white shirt walks over, and he happens to be a really good friend of mine who was also my PA when my house got flooded, Mike Butler. Wow. Two seconds. You ask the question, two seconds later, Mike Butler shows up, and boom, you've got parking. Hooked us up. Was so in a big way. Great. They're like they all are. They, they're just great. They're, they're just cops here. New York City cops can't beat them. Great. Can't beat them. They're fantastic. And they were great last night. And they, uh, like I said, shook hands with all of us. Made it very, very clear. No arrest last night. I cannot make the same promise when once again civil disobedience returns on Sunday to Gracie Mansion with Eric Adams inside. I can't make the same promise that Curtis Lee will not get arrest number eighty. But last night, no arrests. Instead, hundreds. That's not an exaggerated number. Hundreds. Easy again, hundreds. Easy. From Brooklyn to Rockaway, Neponset, Bell Harbor, Broad Channel, Long Island, even Johnny Tobacco from Staten Island. They all showed up in support of Curtis Sliwa, in support of Sid Rosenberg, and in support of all these neighborhoods that continue to be overwrought with these illegals. I don't call them migrants. Go to my Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney. At Rosenberg.Sydney, they're illegals. You can see some of the speeches we made last night. It was great. At Rosenberg.Sydney, they're illegals. Now, they told us there'd be about 2,500 able-bodied men on the way to Floyd Bennett Field. By the time we started the rally last night, Curtis Sliwa made the announcement, which City Hall made earlier in the day. It was no shock. That number, triple it. It'll be more like 7,500 able-bodied men out there at Floyd Bennett Field. That is ridiculous. 
So here's some sound from last night's rally. First, we'll play Curtis. Then we'll play me, I guess. Curtis Sliwa at Floyd Bennett Field talking about the governor and the mayor and why, in fact, we're in this mess. Lewis, Curtis Sliwa, cut number two. The first of many demonstrations will end up with thousands. You start with hundreds, but we're going to stop the tents. They don't belong here. And uh, I noticed uh, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Where is he? He's on vacation in Israel, right? He created this mess. Kathy Hochul says she was negotiating to have a migrant center here for months against the will of the people. They say they won't put migrant centers in flood zones. Well, anybody knows Superstorm Sandy, right? This is a flood zone. So they've lied every step of the way. And all I say is follow the money. This is about money. It's about billions of dollars. You say contract, I say kickback. Let's follow the money. And when they asked me why we were there last night, I made it very clear. We were there to expose your politicians City level, state level, federal level, all of them responsible for this mess. It's a concerted effort by a bunch of Democrats. Sid, cut number three. I think the goal is to uh, make everybody in this neighborhood aware of what uh, they're trying to do. Uh, This is a calamity. This uh, starts with the President of the United States. goes right to its Homeland Security guy, Mayorkas. Uh, those guys lie all the time about the border being closed. Clearly, it's not closed. You don't close the border. Then you put Hochul and Adams in a tough situation. They're both liars, too. This is a complete system failure from the mayor to the governor to the Homeland Security director to the vice president to the president. Everybody is lying to us and failing us. We're out tonight to expose the truth. So, as always, Curtis Sliwa will join me coming up at 7.05. And what we need are lawyers. You know, I reached out to both Joe Murray and Arthur Idala yesterday. We need lawyers. I know that Anthony Weiner brought up the possibility that you can't use Floyd Bennett Field because it's a, um, it's a federal facility. Well, it turns out, according to Idala, that Weiner, while being right, is also wrong, that the federal government can override that and use whatever they want. So at the very least, I need one of my high-powered attorney friends, any one of them, Joe Murray, Danielle Rosenberg, Joe Takapina, Alina Haba, Alan Dershowitz, somebody's got to help us. And make sure at the very least we slow this down and give everybody a chance to exhale. We'll learn more from Curtis coming up at 7.05. So two major stories, the debate and the big rally last night. But one more. My phone was blowing up yesterday. There were two different reasons why. One was good luck at the rally last night. The other was, oh, my God, Sid, did you see who got arrested? Now, look. I didn't know who James Burke was two months ago. No idea. Curtis Sliwa filled me in. Then Frank Morano filled me in. Then I spoke to people who I'm not going to even say on this show, in the know, from that community, and they filled me in. And they kept saying the same thing over and over again. This Gilgo Beach murder investigation did not start. Did not start until... Rodney Harrison and Ray Tierney took over two years ago. For the better part of 10 years, these guys stuck around with their finger up their ass doing basically nothing, not even inviting the FBI because they were crooked and scumbags, led by Jim Burke. 
and maybe this guy Ballone as well, who hired Jim Burke. So you know, of course, I had a fight with my buddy Peter King, who's going to be on today, and I love Peter. Let me make this very, very clear. I love Peter King. He's a good man. But I think he's wrong. And I said it again last week. There's no way now you're going to convince me more than ever there was a real investigation going on with a guy like Jim Burke as your police chief. So I'm getting messages all day yesterday that Jim Burke has been arrested again. Saying this in a sting operation, I love to suck D. (laughs) They got him saying that on tape. I love, and this is the guy that you're trying to convince me was part of a real investigation when all these people who I trust, who are in the know, said to me, "Uh uh-uh, he wouldn't even call the FBI. So here is the new the new police chief out there, the commissioner, I should say, in Suffolk County, Rodney Harrison, during the presser yesterday talking about James Burke arrest, which proved once again my friend Curtis Sliwa was right. Due to numerous complaints about activity over at Vietnam Memorial in Farmingville, members assigned to the Suffolk County Park Rangers Targeted Response Unit conducted an operation utilizing plainclothes rangers. So Frank Morano, along with Curtis, to his credit, has been talking about the corruption for years and how with people like Ballone and Burke and all these clowns, there really never was a legitimate investigation. That's why it took 12 years. And all of a sudden, Tierney and Harrison show up and they find DNA on pizza? Give me a break. So here is uh, Frank Morano, the host of Other Side of Midnight, talking about the Yorman 2017 murder. Frank Morano, cut number 13. I am hearing from very reliable sources that it looks like there is a pretty good chance that Rex Heuerman was responsible for the death of Julia Ann Bean in South Carolina in 2017. Now, if that's the case, if that's the case and um, these guys, Spoda and and uh, Burke, actually botched this investigation intentionally keeping the FBI out. And they could have solved this case as early as 2012 or 2014 or 2015 if they'd actually taken a cooperative posture with the FBI. Then this guy, along with Thomas Spoda, actually has blood on his hands. If they had just simply done their jobs or gotten out of the way, there's a very good chance that Rex Hewerman would have been caught earlier and not in a position to uh, kill Julia Ann Bean in 2017. And that, to me, is something that should keep all of us awake at night. I believe him. Uh, one more, Frank Morano talks about the link between Jimmy Burke and gangster Jimmy Gent. Frank Morano, cut number 14. You know, one of the things that I've been hearing, and this is unconfirmed. I want to be very clear, but, and I don't know that there is a way to confirm this. James Burke's mother was named Frances, 
And uh, I believe she uh, passed away uh, from lung cancer, and I'm certainly sorry to hear that. There is speculation all over Suffolk County and New York in general that she had a longtime relationship and really admired and looked up to a gangster by the name of Jimmy the Gent Burke. And that's the basis for the Robert De Niro character in Goodfellas, Jimmy Conway. That's in real life. He was a real guy, Jimmy the Gent Burke. And there are those who believe that James Burke, the police chief, because he never had a father named Burke, that James Burke, the police chief, is named for Jimmy Burke and may even be the biological son (laughs) of Jimmy the Gent Burke. I don't know that there's a way to confirm that. I asked Gus Garcia Roberts about that when we spoke. He couldn't confirm it. That's pretty good stuff. Come on, Frank Morano. As uh, Curtis Sliwa says about his lovely wife, Nancy, who was there last night doing the deep dive. Some folks I do want to recognize on the way out this first segment that were there last night. Paul King, he ran a great race against Gregory Meeks. John Mazzola, Johnny and his son Joe, own La Sorrentina's restaurant on 129. I want to thank um, Jimmy Meatballs, a great fan of me and Bernie for years. He was there. Tom Willis. Donna Sullivan, Mike Sullivan's beautiful wife, Daniela May. She is a candidate running for city council. Mike Butler, the cop I mentioned. Mary Glynn, the head of the Rockaway Republican Party, along with, once again, Johnny Tobacco. Craig Eaton, my man Craig was there last night. And, of course, Lou and MJ Rufino. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Huge guest list, three major stories. You'd be nuts to change this dial today. Sid Rosenberg right here on 77 WABC. You've had an accident. Trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.
The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Well, you know, quite frankly, I think this is the single most dangerous constitutional theory I've seen pop up in decades. I mean, this is an argument that under the 14th Amendment, uh, Donald Trump can be barred from running again, from ever holding office uh, in the federal government uh, because he violated his oath. He supported an insurrection or rebellion. The under the 14th Amendment, you have this bar on federal office. Uh, if you supported or if you gave aid and comfort uh, to an insurrection or rebellion. Now, of course, that brings you to the original question. What was January 6th? In the view of many citizens, including myself, it was a protest that became a riot. It was not a rebellion or insurrection, but that's a matter of disagreement between citizens. But Donald Trump hasn't been charged with insurrection, not even incitement. Uh, special counsel Jack Smith charged him with a variety of crimes like fraud. He notably did not charge him with even incitement in right. that, uh, that second federal indictment. Rick Springfield enjoying the birthday. Today. I used to watch Rick. This is Don't Talk to Strangers. The song's got to be about 40 years old. I used to watch Rick on General Hospital. That was uh, one of my daily activities when I was dating this girl, Ava, before Danielle. And we would, um, I was going to Brooklyn College. She was going to high school across the street at Midwood. <laughs> we would meet and uh, eventually go back to her house in Bensonhurst. And watch GH. Now, that was the um, Frisco and Felicia days and a little bit of Luke and Laura. So Rick Springfield was already off the show, but he had a big, big role on that show. Noah, was he Noah, Noah Drake? Dr. Noah, Noah Drake. Noah Drake. Very good. <laughs> I don't even Very good. Stuff. Rick Springfield. You also heard that from Jonathan Trolley on Fox talking about the Democrats' desperate attempt to make sure with all these indictments, specifically January 6th, that Donald Trump cannot run again. But it ain't working, bitches. It ain't working, bitches. The guy that we should really be concentrating on, and I say this every day, is Biden. This guy has broken the law. He's corrupt. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's a creep. I'll play the audio cuts from everybody in Maui, in Hawaii, who is disgusted by President Biden. I wish my sister, Alana, would call in this morning and say to me 
And I love my sister. I love her dearly. And say to me, wow, great job, Joe Biden. I wish she would. She would. She would figure out a way to say, oh, he's only kidding. He's trying to be funny. He's disgusting. And what's funny is all these old stories, specifically dating back to one guy in the Ukraine who Joe Biden threatened and made sure got fired, made sure he got fired. This was a cut that me and my late great partner, Bernard, God rest his soul, played time and time again. Time and time again. It is all you need. It's not a smoking gun. It is the gun. It's it. He says, son of a bitch, they fired him. But for some reason, all of a sudden, it's a story again. John Solomon talked about it with John Katzmatidis last night. This is not a story. This is years old. Years. So my question to Jimmy Flippin is very simple. Why all of a sudden are they paying attention to it now? So uh, it looks as though there's a State Department memo from 2015 that's come out. And I don't know if that was through a Freedom of Information request or something like that. But there's a State Department memo that specifically says, at least it claims to have said, I haven't read it you know, my, with my own eyes, that the State Department didn't want the prosecutor fired. That Victor right. Shokin was doing a good job investigating, uh, can you know? Well, I think I heard you right. Barack Obama didn't want it. The State Department said, "Don't fire him. Keep him in place." So you know, this let him all do goes his work. back. This is a Biden decision. In essence, that's the allegation that he made his own decision to put pressure on Ukrainian officials to can this guy. And, and why was that? For folks who don't know the, the whole story. The whole, you know, connecting the dots of why he would want to do that. The reason for doing that, allegedly, would be because his son, Hunter Biden, worked for Burisma, which is an oil and gas company there in Ukraine. What kind of experience did Hunter Biden have in that industry? Zilch. Zilch, thank you. Yeah. Zip. Yeah. So, you know, in essence, the prosecutor, Shokin, was looking at this company, Burisma, and, you know, making some progress. The whole mandate was supposed to be cr- cutting down on corruption in Ukraine. Right. And they felt Shokin was doing a good job. But lo and behold, yes, Shokin was terminated. And it was, in essence, you know, because Biden, per that audio we've heard so many times, threatened to hold up the loan guarantees. He threatened not to give them the money. I won't give you the money unless you shut up. I mean, what else do you need? We got the, I know you have the actual audio there. Mm-hmm. So if you wouldn't mind, Jim Flippin, play the audio. We have played it for years, me and Bernie. We're like, wait a second. You hear the, the, the former vice president say, you're not getting your money unless you basically shut up. I'm going to fire you. Here is the audio from years ago. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, fired. Funny. Well, son of a bitch. So for my sister and all my family members and friends who are Democrats, some complained last night. They were in the crowd because, like I said, Democrats, not politicians, but everyday people, they want the same thing we want. They want safe schools, safe neighborhoods. But they continue to vote these morons for the people that don't care. 
I just don't get it. And I want to hear these people make an argument today based upon the audio you just played, Jim, along with all the other corruption stories that are coming out from all the work Kevin McCarthy and Jim Comer and Jim Jordan and Nancy Mace and all of them are doing every day. I want to hear these people come out and make an argument that Donald Trump is still the bad guy in bed with Russia and not Biden. I want to hear that because if they say it, then it proves what we've known for years, which is they're either uninformed, ignorant, stupid, agenda-driven. Either way, all these things are dangerous because it has become increasingly clear that the real crook, the real criminal, ain't Donald Trump. It's Joe Biden. Traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. Right now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. We do this every Wednesday. My dear friend, the CEO of Tunnel to Towers, the great Frank Siller, he's going to tell us about a hero veteran being welcomed into their new smart home. Good morning, Frank. Oh, I am so happy. Days like today. So we're up in Bangor, Maine. We're delivering a mortgage-free smart home to one of our country's heroes, Marine Lance Corporal Noah White. Remember that name because he gave a lot for our country. Noah was catastrophically injured in a training accident in California in 2019. His injury made him a quadriplegic. He has no movement, no sensation from his neck down. Noah lives in Bangor with his mom, who has taken the role of a full-time caregiver. In 2011, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Smart Home Program has built specially adapted smart homes to help build uh, for our most catastrophically injured veteran, like Noah, and catastrophically injured first responders help reclaim their day-to-day independence. We owe so much to our military service members who risk life and limb to serve, and who do serve our country and our nation. Hey, we ask everybody, please go to T2T.org for more information about our smart home program. Nowhere is just one of the latest today that we're able to do this. So thanks, Sid. Go to T2T.org. Donate $11 a month. Actually, thank you, Frank. And folks, never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate just $11 a month. Do it at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Help out Frank Siller and tunnel to towers today. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, pavilionchanklist.com to find a dealer near you. Though the world's best-built boilers out the Bronx, things remained right at rock bottom for the Yankees, losing 2-1 to one to the Washington Nationals in the first of three, tied at one in the eighth after another night of almost zero offensive production from the Yanks. Tommy Canley played the scapegoat by allowing a go-ahead homer to C.J. Abrams to hand Washington the win, the now nine-game losing streak. When was the last time the Yankees lost nine straight? 1982. Uh, 90. Very good. Oh, wow. 41 years ago, the Yankees uh, in between September 13th and September the 21st of 1982. How many games did the Yankees win that season? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Did they lose? 79. They won 79. Very good. Oh, they won 79. Yes. And you know how, which means they lost uh, over 90. If we do the math. Yes. And you know how many managers the Yankees used in that season? Three. That's correct. Can you name them? Very good, Justin. Uh, wow. Wow. Very good. I'm, I'm very impressed. 
No, I can't name him, but I do know the managers were Bob Lemon, Stump Merrill, Gene, not a bad guess. Bob Lemon, Gene Stick Michael, and Clyde King. Gene Stick Michael. Yes, it's been 41 years (laughs) since the Yankees have lost nine straight, and if they lose tonight, their 10th straight loss that dates all the way back to the Polo Grounds. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) But Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, don't you worry. Yeah. Should have gone to Israel with Eric Adams. He did it again last <laughs> night. You know, Boone, Boone did it again last night. We're in it to win it. Yeah. He did it again last night. So, uh, you know, I guess they're in it to win the worst team in the league award. How about that, Lewis? Whoa! Whoa. They've, <laughs> they've been outscored 53-20 to 20, uh, during, over the course of this losing streak. Haven't held a lead since seconding their loss in Atlanta on August 14th. They got Game 2 against Washington tonight. Gets underway in the Bronx at 7.05 p.m. So, uh, Severino going on the hill against Mackenzie Gore in Atlanta. The Braves exacted their revenge on the Mets with a 3-2 win in the middle game of a three-game set after taking a beating from New York in Game 1. All of this game's runs came via the long ball. Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zuna did the damage for Atlanta, and Daniel Vogelbach launched a two-run shot that would account for the only Mets run. As New York will go for the series win tonight at 7.20 p.m. in Atlanta, Jose Quintana will take the hill against Atlanta's Charlie Morton. And, of course, uh, we're looking forward to uh, the final slate of preseason football games this weekend for the NFL. The Jets and Giants will go head-to-head at 6 p.m. on Saturday night in a game that will get a glimpse of Aaron Rodgers under center for a game green. Sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com and tankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, you're my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Short for Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. Yeah, that one really, really big hit they played in Pretty in Pink. If you leave, don't leave now. That one. So uh, Lou picks me up last night in the WABC van. She drives around. It's hilarious. And he dropped off the other uh, two flags for my friend Anthony at All Flags for me and my mother. Came in the house. Had First a great time. time. Yes. Yeah. Had a nice conversation with Danielle and Ava. Yeah, I see uh, all the uh, (laughs) dynamics that go on there. It's awesome. It's a crazy house. It's so crazy. An absolute crazy house. That's a good way to They're like warning me before the rally, don't say anything stupid, Dad. (laughs) 
you know, Sydney, and like, and I've been doing this for twenty something years. You know, concentrate on this good stuff. What yes, it's really going to yeah. be. I go, Danielle. <laughs> do, do, I, do I call you in the morning before you go into court and tell you what to say? Not the same. You say something stupid, we're all ruined. We've been there before. I mean, you can't make it up. Lou was there for five minutes, and the both of them are, like, berating me on the way to my rally. Well, Curtis's rally, but... It was pretty entertaining. It was funny. So Lou tells me there's a new song from OMD, but that wasn't it, was it? No, that wasn't it. Um, uh, well, we'll find it. It's, it's, it's big stuff in the new, huge wave, stuff. new wave world. Uh, you like the... What is that station? Oh, I like it, too. I love it. Sirius first, XM. First wave. First wave. What number is that? I think it's... 30? It's a great station. Yeah. We play it to a lot in the car, me and Danielle. Finally, it's either that or Yacht yeah, Rock. Finally, uh, they're playing new, different stuff. Yeah, oh, new God. stuff. Because they're playing the same New Order and, um, you know, Smith songs God. forever. Berlin. Oh, I love that. Yeah, but I, I hear it every day. The sex song, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I like that sex. song. Sex. Sex. <laughs> you know, I was on uh, John Katzmatidi's show yesterday. That was kind of cool. Five o'clock, they started the show, Katz and Cosby, with uh, Rita and uh, Judge Weinberger and Craig Eaton, who showed up at the rally. Thank you, Craig. Me and Curtis were on as guests to start the show, and then Alan Dershowitz came on, so I hung up. But that was a good time. So thank you to John Katz and Matides for supporting our cause, me and Curtis, and uh, providing us with another forum to speak last night before the big rally, which was just Really outstanding. I, I had no idea what to expect. I really didn't. And it turned out to be just amazing. Was it not, Lewis? Was that not an amazing, amazing night last night? Yeah, it was impressive, the amount of people. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, I've, I've never seen, and I drived down through there to the bridge almost every day, either coming or going How many to work. years have you lived there now for? Fifteen. So 15 years You've taken that Gil Hodges Bridge almost every day. On and off, we've been there when I was not living in Woodside. But, yeah. But I have never, like I was telling you last night, I have never seen a long line of cars going down that road that's next to the bridge. Yeah. And people lining up. That was... It was I nuts. Said, I've never seen this before. You know, what's funny is, so me and Louie picked me up kind of early. So the rally was called for 7, but I wanted to get there about 6.30. So about 6.30, we make it over the bridge, and right when you get over the Gil Hodges Bridge, the field is right there. But the buildings where they're going to store these people with the tents are not right there, necessarily. So we see a bunch of cops and a few people, and me and Lou roll down the window and go, hey, is this where the rally is? <laughs> and the cops looked at us like we were nuts. <laughs> like, what rally? Yeah. Well, that's the reason why you're here, buddy. It's right behind you. Yes, it's right behind you. <laughs> so we go further down the road, Flappish Avenue, we're looking at all the buildings, a camp, the aviation, and we come to the realization about 10 to 7, we probably passed it. Uh, so we tried to come back around to get to the field, and it was a mess. I'm telling you. I couldn't believe. I, I put up a video this morning on Instagram that some person sent me. It is unbelievable the support that me and Curtis and our community had last night. It really was great to see. So once again, with Curtis set to join me, coming up at 7.05, little snippets of what me and Curtis had to say. Here's Curtis first at Floyd Benefield last night, blaming Two very blameworthy people, the governor and the mayor, for what's going on. Lewis Curtis Sliwa, cut number two. The first of many demonstrations. 
We'll end up with thousands. You start with hundreds. But we're going to stop the tents. They don't belong here. And uh, I noticed uh, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Where is he? He's on vacation in Israel, right? He created this mess. Kathy Hochul says she was negotiating to have a migrant center here for months against the will of the people. They say they won't put migrant centers in flood zones. Well, well anybody knows Superstorm Sandy, right? This we is a flood zone. So they've lied every step of the way. And all I say is follow the money. This is about money. It's about billions of dollars. You say contract, I say kickback. Let's follow the money. I went on to talk about a system failure which starts with the city, goes to the state, and to the very, very top, the federal government, Sid Lewis, cut number three. The goal is to uh, make everybody in this neighborhood aware of what uh, they're trying to do. Uh, This is a calamity. This uh, starts with the President of the United States, goes right to his Homeland Security guy, Mayorkas. Uh, those guys lie all the time about the border being closed. Clearly, it's not closed. You don't close the border. Then you put Hochul and Adams in a tough situation. They're both liars, too. This is a complete system failure from the mayor to the governor to the Homeland Security director to the vice president to the president. Everybody's lying to us and failing us. We're out tonight to expose the truth. So there you have it. Everybody lied to us. So Mayor Adams was on CBS News, did an interview before... He went to Israel, and all they keep talking about, the mayor and the governor, is the way to fix this is to have these able-bodied men walking around with nothing to do, walking around with erections all day by the beach. Gross. Get them jobs. Let them work. Right. That's the way to go, genius. Let's incentivize more of these people to come to this country. It's not enough to give them four-star hotel rooms. Great meals, liquor, who knows what else these people get. Now, let's really incentivize these people and get them jobs. That's a great idea. They're already complaining about the massive amount of people coming. Do they think that the guy right now in Honduras, looking outside where he lives, seeing gang members kill somebody in the street, knowing that he can come here? Someplace to live, something to eat, and make a living? Is that not going to incentivize more of these people to come? The, the idea is keep them out. We don't want them. We don't want them. Some people are afraid to say it. It sounds insensitive. Please stop. They're illegals. We don't want them. But here's Eric Adams, CBS News. They need to work. This is the mayor cut number one. This is a sign of a crisis, a greatest, I believe, humanitarian crisis the city has ever witnessed. The precursor to sleep to enjoy the American dream is the right to work. The right to work. Let them work. Sure. Let Americans work, dummy. Anyway, we are covering three major stories today, three of them. Curtis Sliwa here for his weekday visit is coming up next. He's going to set this city on fire. So we're going to continue to cover this rally last night, the rallies to come, and the migrant crisis. Also, again, Jim Burke arrested out there in Suffolk County. And tonight, live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the first GOP debate. We'll talk to Brian Kilmeade coming up next hour. He's live in Milwaukee this morning. No Donald Trump, but eight Republicans led by Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie set to debate later on tonight. 
Three big hours about to come your way. That wraps up a great hour number one. We'll be back with hour number two on your favorite news talk show, not just in New York, but around the country. That's us, Sid and Friends in the Morning, exclusively on Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. O'Reilly, the who, kicking some major ass as we start hour number two of Sitting Friends in the Morning, 7.09 on your hump day Wednesday morning. I do love this song, so does Curtis, but there is some significance. Oftentimes we play these songs and there is some reason why besides the fact we love it. And it turns out that I guess he was an original member of the who, Keith Moon. Today would be celebrating a birthday, but he's dead for like 50 years. How long is Keith Moon dead now? He's been 1978. What is that? 22. So he's dead 45 42, years. 45. 45 years. Is today his birthday or yes. his death day? Yes. He would have been 77. Would have been 77, Keith Moon. You know, it's funny. The song starts with the great Roger Daltrey screaming out here in the fields. Maybe he was referring to Floyd Bennett Field, 
where you, Lou, me, and Curtis Sliwa were last night. Curtis Sliwa gets major ratings, noon to one every weekday afternoon. He also gets big ratings every weekend on overnights, but he does his best work here. He's even admitted that right here with me at 710 every weekday morning. I know at Yankee Stadium last week they were chanting, Fire Brian Cashman. Well, a crowd of hundreds, maybe thousands, in Brooklyn last night on Flappish Avenue were screaming, not Fire Cashman, but Sliwa for mayor. Curtis put together, I helped, but it was really him, put together this great rally. They showed up in big numbers. Curtis made an unbelievable speech after being arrested in Queens and Staten Island last week. Curtis came to Brooklyn and once again showed, while the mayor was doing the horror in Tel Aviv, that he is really the people's man, the man from New York. I was honored to be there. Here he is, my friend Curtis Sliwa. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, and I was honored to be able to pour the water over your head, Sid, (laughs) and baptize you in your very first rally. Very first rally that you hosted. You hosted this rally. Obviously, I assisted uh, Mike Sullivan from the moment we put the call out there, gathered together people from the Rockaways, from Brooklyn. They came out. As you know, we went to Fort Tilden. We went to Floyd Bennett Field the day before, and they spread the word. Oh, incredibly. But really, it was the power of WABC. People do not realize this is the most powerful radio station in the nation. And I have said 10 minutes on Sid in the Morning at 7.05, more people listen to me in those 10 minutes than listen to me on the 52 other hours that I broadcast here all week (laughs) where it's always broadcasting, Curtis. But it's true. I know the analytics. I've been doing this 35 years. It's an incredible listenership. And, boy, people showed up. But... Let me use that analogy. You were baptized last night. Yes. First time you hosted a rally. Yes. First time, forget about hosting. First time I've been to one. I spend most mornings killing protesters outside of you. Yes. But I must tell you, the intrinsic reward that I had last night was huge. And as uh, Sid started the proceedings right at 7 o'clock, we don't waste time. You know, oh, is this politician here? We got to hold up. No, no politicians right away from the start. And I'm telling you, as you were speaking, Sid, and welcoming the crowd, people were whispering to me from Brooklyn, where you and I grew up, Curtis, it's time to settle all scores. It's time to settle all scores. They actually said that? Yes. That's very uh, Michael Corleone-like. Yes, on behalf of us, meaning all the people there, on behalf of our city, all the traitors, all the people who've stabbed us in the back, all the people who said this would never happen, not just here, but in other places in the city, Republicans and Democrats, have no fear, trust us. And what have I said from the, I don't trust any of them, none of them. And boy, the crowd, after you fired them up and you began your initial remarks, and let me tell you something, I've been to quite a few baptisms, christenings, this was amazing, and we didn't have to give you a brisk. We didn't have to bring the oil out, <laughs> blindfold him, and give him a Ginzu knife and a Rambo knife. No, no, no. You already had that. Now, listen, I was ready, and, and my emphasis was a systematic failure at the city level with the mayor, at the state level with the governor, to the federal level with Mayorkas, Harris, and the king creep 
Joe Biden. That was my emphasis. It starts there and it continues here. But you really brought out the local points doing a great job on the governor and the mayor. And that's why you got the loud applause, because people are sick and tired of excuses and people bending over backwards to appease the illegals when the homeless, the veterans, and everyday New Yorkers are still struggling. And uh, I brought my team with me, including uh, my wife, Nancy, who's done a deep dive on a lot of this as the e-attorney, peeling away the layers of this corruption, this fraud, these kickbacks, because there's billions of dollars at stake. And Republicans and Democrats are benefiting from this. Don't kid yourself. They well, got I, their... I, I didn't see Joanne Ariola there last whoa. night, did you? Oh, wow. Where was why. she? Yeah, isn't that her district? I isn't wonder that... why. Yeah. When she came on these microphones three months ago and savaged me, called her, I'm not listening to no talk show hoes. What the hell does he know? I'm a city councilwoman. The mayor's office would tell me we have a great relationship. <laughs> hey, lady, I know you're in the witness protection program now <laughs> because you're so in fear of your constituents who are so outraged that she is out of sight, out of mind. In fact, when you were at the Rockaway GOP meeting, She's the county leader. She wasn't even there. She wasn't even there. Mary Glenn showed up last night. She leads the Rockaway Republicans. No Joanne Ariola. Same thing last night. I got to tell you, at one point when you were mentioning local politicians, I mentioned her name. She got booze. Yes, and These people so. voted for her. They voted for her. She said, without a doubt, they're never coming to Floyd Bennett Field. They're never coming to Fort Tilden. Well, not only are they coming. But in Eric Adams' creative math, remember, $4 billion the cost becomes $12 billion in one week. 2,500 single able-bodied young men with nothing to do, nowhere to go, and high levels of testosterone crashing through their cranium. Add an additional 5,000. Yes. City Hall said, no, we made a little mistake. It's going to be 7,500 employed men and And right after they said that, they said, and we understand it's not an ideal spot. Well, if it's not an ideal spot, why do it? Next question. All the mayor talks about, all the governor talks about, is getting these people work permits. I think that's the worst idea. The last thing you want to do is incentivize any more of these people who don't live here to come here. What do you think? They'll be swimming across the ocean. (laughs) Never mind going down to Mexico and crossing the border and waiting for Catholic charities that rip off agency with our federal tax dollars to put them on our bus and tell them, oh, and here's a tour guide map of New York City. Enjoy your stay as Catholic charity and Cardinal Dolan screw us over and over and over. And they act like, oh, we're religious. Oh, yeah, you're religious. The only religion you believe in is in God we trust. And let's emphasize the dollars, not the spirit of God. So this is a day where we take care of, we settle all our differences with enemies. And as you saw, Joanne Ariola, oh, my God, how she stabbed her people in the back. How could she, how could she ever show her face again? But the crowd loved it, the fact that we didn't just attack a Republican. Stacy Amato Pfeiffer, who, who was born on third base, who stole the election. From maybe one of the greatest politicians of all time, a man of honor, Tom Sullivan. Even the Democrats say, this guy is a great guy. Uh, listen, just to uh, point out specifically what Tom Sullivan did, 
He served in Iraq. He served in Afghanistan. He served in Kuwait. And on top of that, happened to be at the World Trade Center on 9-11 and literally threw bodies over his shoulder, saving lives on 9-11. You tell me a bigger hero than that. None. And a man of honor, when they said to him, we've stolen the election, the Democrats told him, we stole the election. You won it, but we stole it. He said, okay. I think I'm going to regroup and maybe come back on another day. What a man of honor. But anyway, then Stacey Amato Pfeiffer, she went to Breezy Point. All uh, the people who had equity, you know, who owned the little bungalows and little houses. She swore to them in front of that group just last week. Don't be listening to Curtis Slewa. He's a liar. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm an assemblywoman. I would know if Governor Hochul was organizing to send illegal aliens to Floyd Bennett Field and Fort Tilden. I would know. My mother's been around since FDR was governor. She's the Queens County clerk. She fixed the election for me against Tom Sullivan. And then and her father was a judge, too. Don't forget. Both right. of her parents. This is nepotism with a capital oh, N. Oh, my God. And how does she face the electorate there, when she lied to them just last week. Both of these women knew what was transpiring. How could you not walk into City Hall where everyone's a yenta and they talk about... Well, listen, guys like Mike Sullivan, Joe DiGiacomo, two of my buddies, Tom Sullivan, who live in Breezy Point, they didn't vote for Stacey Pfeiffer Amato, but they certainly voted for Joanne Ariola. But I did make the point earlier today that there were some Democrats, Curtis, yes. in the crowd last yes. night. Yes. Because I'm not talking about Democrat politicians. They're lowlives, almost all of them. Almost all of them. But... Democrat people who live amongst us, they want the same thing. They want safe schools. They want safe streets. They want to be able to thrive and prosper. And they did show up last night. And they were upset with Amato like I was upset with Ariola. You did receive last night, Curtis, to your credit, bipartisan support. And now we got to get down to the business. People said to us, what's the next step? Thursday. You got to turn out on the Brooklyn side uh, of uh, the Bell Parkway, right? Uh, Toys R Us. Right across the street from the Mill Basin Golf Course. It looks like Apocalypse Now. Like uh, they, <laughs> they send heat-seeking missiles into what? Toys R Us. Graffiti everywhere. Show up in the parking lot. That'll be rally number two. But I was so disappointed. We put out the call to all the lawyers who were so quick to talk about, oh, we're there for the people. Yeah, they're there for the dead presidents. If we had put $100,000 on the table, they would have given us four ways to go to federal court to get a temporary injunction against us, a restraining order. And do you know something? Not one emerged. Well, Joe Murray did get back to me. Turns out he had a fire at his condominium in Florida. So he did get back to me. Artie Idala told us uh, the law, which did not favor us. But you're right. Nobody volunteered and said, hey, you know what? I want to help at the very least Sid, slow Sid, this thing down. If we Nobody. If we put, put $100,000 on the table, they would have given us four <laughs> different ways to go into court. You know what motivates these guys. But we will. We're going to work on getting a lawyer to get a temporary restraining order because, as Anthony Weiner, the former congressman who represented that area, stated, there is a restrictive covenant that prevents people from being housed in national parks. So that's number one. Number two. Oh, by the way, the federal government, though, can, according to Idala, uh, overturn that. They can. Yeah, look, well, oh, oh, Harvey Weinstein, right? <laughs> 
He defends Harvey Weinstein. That's oh, true. I'm going on appeal for Harvey Weinstein. Why? Because Harvey's paying him money, right? That's true. Giselle Maxwell, oh, she's a nice woman. Why? Because she's paying you for appeal. Stop the nonsense. We know what motivates lawyers. Scattle, mula, schmula. Knock this up. Now, number two, you remember on this very program, I had said to everybody that St. John's Villa Academy in Staten Island would be converted into a shelter for the illegal aliens. You did say that. It's a small place. So I'm really looking forward to Nicole Maliotakis in studio coming up in about 45 minutes. But once again, to your credit, way before the news or anybody else, you did mention the St. John's Villa Academy on Staten Island. I will be there tonight, 7 o'clock. Oh! It's the community's rally. I'm going to be there, you know, to give them support. But last time you went to Staten Island, they arrested you. No, no arrest tonight. No arrest. I'm there to support. This is organic. The community itself is organized without the politicians. But I wonder where Joe Borelli's going to be. Remember what he said in the Staten Island advance on June 14th? Hey, Joe! You said, despite persistent, unsubstantiated rumors to the contrary, the Adams administration has confirmed with me there are no plans to use the former St. Villa, (laughs) St. John's Academy as a shelter for migrants. Really, Joe? Oops. You trust (laughs) Eric Adams? You ready to Why, are you planning to go to work for them? (laughs) What the hell is this? Quote. This is what else he said. He said, oh, uh, I've disputed what he has made. False claims about St. John's Villa Academy being turned into a migrant center. Why are all these people going to be out there tonight, Joe? Uh Because the city announced two days ago 300 illegal aliens being housed there (laughs) this weekend. Don't trust your politicians. Now, Now, you got three so far. You got Joanne Ariola. You got Stacy Piper Amato, and you got Joe Borelli. Joe Borelli. Oh, yeah, Joe, you know everything, right? What did you, uh, y- y- your lips are hermetically sealed <laughs> on Eric Adams' ass. <laughs> and now you can't even show up at the rally, right? What are you going to tell all those people? You disparage Curtis Lewa and you praised Eric Adams. Oh, they were telling me. Let me give you the other thing they said there. They said, in private conversations, members of the administration have denied plans to put illegal aliens there. So you made a great point that a lot of these people that show up at these rallies, in fact, the overwhelming majority, including last night, there were Democrats, but the overwhelming majority are Republicans. So they vote for people like Joanne Ariola yes. and Joe Borelli. Yes. And when they don't show up, these everyday folks, great Americans, are like, where are they? So when they criticize you and put themselves in a position where they have to stay away because it turned out to be liars, they're hurting themselves. They're hurting themselves. Well, Nicole Maliotakis, the congresswoman, is coming on. She put out a press release Free the Staten Island 12, led by me, who were arrested outside of that senior citizen home. You and uh, my friend Scott Lobato. Right, where Eric Adams kicked out the elderly, members of the greatest generation, a woman who was 95, to make room for illegal aliens. She said we should be freed. No charges should be pending, like when Black Lives Matter would go tearing through the streets. They were never arrested. Where were the other elected officials signing on to that? Because they're embarrassed when I show up on Staten Island. They they don't even look me in the eyes because they would have to acknowledge 
We should have listened, Curtis, because we could have been organizing preemptively. We could have stopped this flood of illegal aliens if we didn't listen to Joe Borelli, who was saying, I got it. City Hall Eric Adams promised me personally no illegal aliens on Staten Island. So the next time you see Joe, yeah. say, hey, hey, Joe, uh, how did that go, huh? Well, I don't see Joe. Joe's not my, I mean, I like Joe, but it's not like me and Joe Come on, Sid. Every August, he's like, it's like Europe. No, and he's playing ping pong with Frank Morano. You have to send that message to people like Vito Bocello or Frank Morano. Oh, yeah. Or Johnny Tobacco. But now... Now the biggest one. Oh my God, is a bigger one because people marched in here. You remember, you saw them. We want Curtis Slee were fired, suspended. We wanted a retraction and apology. James Burke, an honorable man, the former police chief of Suffolk County, where everyone's a crook and corrupt, Democrats and Republicans, no doubt about it. He needs to apologize. He needs to get down on bended knee. Yeah, the only one who wanted to get down on a bended knee at the Veterans Memorial <laughs> in Suffolk <laughs> County Fine. was James Burke, who said, I love to suck and fillet guys. Right. So, hey, all you, apo- all of you apologists for that crook, James Burke, who was basically running a brothel out there, who kept the FBI from coming in and solving these cases back in 2010. You can kiss my ass, because I'm coming after all of you. Today, Sid Rosenberg, we settle all scores. Peter King, you better apologize. Joe Borelli, you better apologize. Joanne Ariola and Stacey Amato Pfeiffer, you can't even show your face in your community. We're marching on. We're going to get action. This is not a politician's fight because they always run unless they see money in front of them. This is a people's fight. Moderate Democrats, Republicans, Independents, we're taking our city back. I took the two back out of town. Back to the road. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Oh, down beside that red fire light. Oh, you gonna let it all hang out, fat bottom girls? You make the rocking world go
got Brian Kilmeade coming at, uh, up next. He's live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where later on tonight, 9 p.m., Fox News will televise the first of a few GOP debates. Brian Kilmeade live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, coming up next at 740. 810, live in studio. She was just on Fox News. Nicole Maliotakis, 825. New York victims' rights, Jennifer Harrison. She wants Steve Ballone to be investigated. She's right, 840. Peter King and 910, Dick Morris. Curtis Slevo is just spectacular. Again, if you're uh, keeping score at home, worried about the schedule, it looks like this. Curtis will be on Staten Island later on tonight. He'll be back in Brooklyn in the parking lot at Toys R Us on Flappish Avenue tomorrow. Another uh, rally there for the migrants. He'll be back in Rockaway in Brooklyn, I should say, at Floyd Bennett Field on Saturday afternoon at 1. And Sunday, he'll be at Gracie Mansion, (laughs) where he will absolutely 1,000% be arrested for the 80th time. No question. No question. (laughs) That is your Curtis Sleva schedule. (laughs) Staten Island, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Gracie Mansion, all before Sunday. So that uh, that Queen classic, Fat Bottom Girls, turns out now is there are folks out there who want it banned. I mean, I'm so tired of it. There are girls with fat asses out there. So what? There are skinny asses. There are fat asses. There are round asses. There are flat asses. There are nice asses. There's not so nice asses. So effing what? Lou, explain to me why it's a... I know my daughter gets upset with me. I don't care. You're allowed to make an observation. That girl's got a fat ass. So what? <laughs> well, it almost wasn't really almost about that. It was about them just trying to uh, make a fun song and push push the envelope. Well, what are these people upset bit. about today? Well, well yeah. it's the times have changed, man. I was waiting for something like this, too. Yeah. When I saw that article and I saw that it has been left off the greatest hits, too. <laughs> they stupid. took it. They took the song uh, off their greatest hits. Yeah. And when I saw it, I went, yeah, about time. About time it caught up to, uh, to that song in Queen. That's a good song. That's it. We but got uh, traffic. It, al- yeah. it almost has the reverse effect, though, as I these know. things do. Right. So people are going to go back, and it gets downloaded They're going to buy it more and more. Right. So what if, well, we what saw that. to do? Didn't we just see that with Jason Aldean? Yes. They tried to ban Jason Aldean. Now he's Jesus. Right. It's like driving by an accident. Yeah, basically. It's like listening to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what are they doing? Yeah. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. So you know we do this every week. The man that follows me every weekday morning here on 77 WABC at 10 a.m. is the same man who's one of the three major stars, Fox News, every morning, Fox and Friends, and then his own show. A great show. Saturday nights, 8 p.m. on Fox News, One Nation. It's my buddy, Brian Kilmeade. Brian, happy Wednesday morning, buddy. How are you? Yeah, you know, one day you'll introduce me and say also uh, actor, but I'm just going to have to take a class, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll be uh, in your class. Uh, do you have a recommendation of a class I could sign up for in New York City? Uh, uh, is there an acting coach that you took that broke you out? 
You know what's funny about that question you just asked is, you know, I never took one communications class in my whole life. Really? Not in high school, not in college. I end up hosting the number one radio show in New York. I've never taken an acting class in my whole life. I'm on Gravesend and a major motion picture inside, man. The moral of the story is don't go to school. You're wasting your time. If you've got talent like I've got, just use it. Okay, first off, to parents, I apologize. I know you have kids in the car, and you're trying to motivate them to get going in September. This will not happen again. Uh, kids, do not listen to your Uncle Sid. He is giving you some terrible advice. He's an anomaly. This will not happen for you. Go to school, pay attention. Please don't do that again, Sid. Oh, that's hilarious. So, Brian, uh, do you have any idea where I was last night? I know tonight's a big night for you guys, the big uh, presidential debate. Do you have any idea where I was last night? Well, I w- I'm in Milwaukee, just for your uh, listeners to understand. So we're doing the show from Milwaukee. Unbelievable roster of guests. But last night, I think you were protesting with Curtis Lewa outside the latest ridiculous migrant shelter. Am I right? Now, how do you know that? That is true. Floyd Bennett Field, which is exactly three miles from the beautiful new home that Danielle and I bought back in March of 2022, was the site. I was there. Curtis was there. Hundreds and hundreds of others. How do you know that? I have my sources. I mean, following what's going on. I mean, it's the number one story in the country. I love what you guys are doing. You're bringing attention to it while helping these people from, I know uh, Curtis was in Queens the other day. He was in Staten Island. Uh, now they're coming, the federal government's giving over this facility, you know, Randall's Island. I think we discussed this last week. Yep. Probably coached 40 games there. Manhattan Soccer Club, um, uh, Astro, uh, uh, Asphalt Green, as well as uh, the whole Cosmopolitan Soccer League all stopped from playing because they have to house these illegal immigrants. They put them on the fields, not the parking lots. So I love what you guys are doing. Listen, it's a big issue. Uh, We actually found out before 2,500 able-bodied men, no women and children. Then we found out last night, right before the rally, that number is 7,500. And I talked about this on the news last night, Brian. This is a complete system failure, starting with the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who continues to leave the border open, his homeland security director, Mayorkas, who continues to lie to the governor of this state, Kathy Hochul, who for the most part doesn't care, to the mayor, who for the longest time was, hey, I'm your sanctuary city, come on. Now all of a sudden he's decided, well, maybe it's too much. And by the way, while me and Curtis were protesting last night, Eric Adams was in Israel doing the horror. This is a complete system breakdown. City, state, federal government. Isn't that true, Brian? And do you know it's not close to ending? Do you know that he's, they've opened up sectors of the wall, selling away, selling pieces of the wall we as taxpayers paid for? even though it's about to be, uh, thanks to the Democratic-led Senate, being forced to be put up so they're selling off the scrap. So they've done nothing to stem the tide. Uh, We have over 100,000 who passed through. I think it's more. Now Nassau County is pushing back, and they're saying, we're not a sanctuary city. Don't try it here. Um, Kathy Hochul is uh, fighting with the, the, the beloved mayor of yours. So these guys have got each other's throats. And bottom line is, Buffalo State kicked them out. I mean, has Old Westbury got the power to kick them out? Can we possibly get these colleges to be open to have dorms for students, not Venezuelan refugees? <laughs> and great point, uh, Sid. Why are these able-bodied men claiming refugee status? You don't like your country, make it better. 
Don't come to ours for free where we give you laundry service, a menu, three free meals a day, uh, a lovely uh, living situation, probably better than their homes. And we're paying for it. Wow. By the way, the big story yesterday was we've lost one to two trillion dollars worth of revenue as big banks and major companies have left New York. Yep. In California, because they don't want to be here with the crime and the taxes. So guess what? We're in debt, paying for other people's people, and now our classrooms are going to be overrun because these kids who don't speak English are going to be doubling the size of our classes in the city. And it's all one party that's doing it. And I believe this is going to be like Lee Zeldin did in the election. So popular, so smart. He got a lot of Republicans into the polls. This is going to be the, this is the third rail for the Democrats. They're going to get electrified by their idiotic policies. God, I hope you're right. From your mouth to God's ears, Brian Kilmeade, my man, he's live this morning, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Later on tonight, the first presidential debate. And I remember years ago, I was covering the Miami Heat, and the Bulls were coming into town. And uh, this is different because we didn't know until an hour before the game, but it turned out that Michael Jordan wasn't going to play. And that kind of reminds me of tonight. In this scenario, Donald Trump is Michael Jordan. The difference is Ron DeSantis, hate to tell you, buddy, ain't no Scotty Pippen. So while it's a big deal, and we'll all be watching, including me, we want to see what these other people have to offer. No Donald Trump, if you're going to be completely honest, Brian, that's a killer for you guys tonight. By the way, a couple of things. Scotty Pippen is playing the Joe Frazier role in his retirement. Joe Frazier suddenly hated our Yes, now yes. Pippen suddenly hates Jordan. What's going on with that? Remember, uh, Pippen sat on the bench in the end because he wasn't. They didn't call the play for him. Uh, I don't think Ron DeSantis is ready to play. I like that he came out and said, "I'm expecting the hit. If he can't stand up to it, we'll, we're going to be judged on performance, uh, not pundits." But listen to this roster of guests. They got both moderators, Brett Bear and Mark McCallum, um, in their pregame outfits. Pete Hegseth, <laughs> endlessly sexy, no shirt over the weekend. He's hot. Shooter Dixon, almost Governor Carlo, Kellyanne Conway, Brittany, and Dana Perino. Listen to this. Is wow. that a show? Or that what? is a huge show. That is No, that is a huge show. Uh, there was no doubt he put on a huge show this morning. But in terms of the players tonight, Christy, Scott, Haley, uh, you mentioned uh, Ron DeSantis. I mean, who are the folks that you're really – Looking forward to watching. For me, because I'm such a Trump guy, Chris Christie is going to make me nauseous every time he opens his mouth because he's going to attack Donald Trump, and my guy's not going to be there to defend himself. Who are the folks you're really looking forward to watching tonight? Well, I'm, I'm unabashedly uh, friends with Chris Christie. He's a great guy. I know He's a fat jerk. Guy. What great guy? Fat, jealous jerk. Well, I, I feel differently. Yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, also obviously... Uh, uh, I'm nothing against Trump, and they're going to fight. If two people fight, it doesn't mean you have to pick one. Uh, number one, I think he's going to end up rolling with DeSantis, and let's see if DeSantis can hit back. Uh, I think he can. Uh, number two is um, I think they're going to go after Vivek a little bit. His foreign policy is comically ridiculous, and he's too smart for this. So either he's going to walk some things back about not giving Israel most favored nation status, not giving Taiwan to China in 2028, or he's going to fall flat on his face. I mean, I, who can sign off on some of this stuff? Yeah, I don't know why Vivek uh, found the need to do that the last week or so. We had been really gaining momentum, yeah. clearly the third-place choice behind DeSantis and Trump, and he may have pulled an RFK Jr. 
the last couple of days. I don't know. So wrap this up because you're getting busy for this big, big show this morning, Brian. Uh, Joe Biden. You know, for some reason, that tape that me and Bernie played six years ago, five years ago, of him telling the folks, well, son of a bitch, we fired the guy. Uh, for some reason, that's a story now. John Solomon talked about it with John Katsimatidis last night. Why are all these old Biden stories that we've been playing for years in the mornings all of a sudden resurfacing now? Because they, they ignored it. They told you the laptop was fake. They told you 51 Intel experts were right. They told you that Joe had nothing to do with Hunter. They ignored Tony Bobolinsky when he said he's the big guy. Now they're writing the story as if they just broke it. I got news for you. Last week, I interviewed Shokin, the prosecutor that they fired. It's been totally mischaracterized. It's such a big interview. They made me hold it for a week, make the White House respond directly. Wow. He's the one who said, son of a bitch. He got it. Turns out Shokin was pulled out of retirement by Preshenko to start cracking down on crime. He was praised by Victoria Newland. For doing just that, and it looks like he was on his own, not on Barack Obama's orders to fire him. Wow. No one had any idea why he was doing that. Nobody has interviewed Chokin. We talked to him. He's like, I basically have no money. He at the end of my interview says, if you know a publisher, I have a book to write. I'm also worried about my security. I've been poisoned twice. This was so big, they came up to me on Friday and said, we can't air it uh, for a week. So we had to give 10 questions to the White House to answer. They have not answered me yet, but I'm airing it anyway. It's going to be followed by Miranda Devine, and I could probably get some clips to you guys on Friday. Oh, we would love that. My God, that sounds unbelievable. Good for you, Brian. So a big couple of days. Once again, tonight, Fox News, a debate live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Brian's got a huge show on Fox and Friends coming up this morning. Amazing guests. That breaking story coming up on Friday. And then on the way out, One Nation on Saturday night. Big guest list there, too. Yeah, I, I, I wrestled Gutfeld. He talked about being king of late night. I'm going to talk about choking Miranda Devine. And we also are looking at Sage Steele, left ESPN. Love her. She's going to talk for the first time on television about what she went through simply because she wanted to say, I'm biracial, I'm not black, I don't, I don't want to ignore the white side of my family. She spoke out against Obama, got suspended, didn't want her vaccine. They warned her, you better not say that again. She is now free to talk. She's awesome, and so are you, Brian. Listen, good luck this morning. We're all going to be watching you today and Fox News tonight, and I look forward to all that breaking stuff on Friday. You're the best, Brian. Thank you so much. You're the best, Sid, and stay within yourself. Okay, see you, buddy. There he is, 10 o'clock every weekday morning right after me, and again, Fox & Friends this morning, live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a big show, and One Nation on Saturday nights. Brian Kilmeade. So lots more to do today, folks, including one of my favorite people out of Staten Island, Nicole Maliotakis. She's live in studio next hour. The Wednesday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning rolls on.
say you removed Bragg for violating his oath of office. He put his hand on the Bible and he said, I'll uphold the laws of New York. Well, he's not upholding the laws of New York. Weekday afternoons at 3 after Greg Kelly. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. Whether I'm at the gym, playing basketball with Gabriel, or picking him up from school, I can't slow down. So when I need to increase my energy level, balance of nature is my choice. Hands down. Balance of Nature is fruits and veggies in a capsule for maximum nutrition. I love it, and it works. It really does. Plus, I don't always eat right, and Balance of Nature gives me the fruits and veggies I need. Get them today at balanceofnature.com. Having a number one radio show is exhausting. I'm out all the time. Increase your energy like me with Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com and get 35% off your first preferred order. Use my discount code WABC or call 1-800-246-8751. Use discount code WABC or call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com. That's balanceofnature.com. And remember, use the discount code WABC. Hey, cousins, the Beatles say... Likewise, money can't buy this opportunity. Because now I'm offering for you to be my special guest. 77 WABC is giving away five pairs of tickets. One pair each week on Cousin Brucie's Saturday Night Rock and Roll Party to attend 77 WABC's upcoming gala in New York City. On September 7th, we're celebrating 102 years of WABC with special guests and amazing performances honoring John Katzenmatidis and Cousin Brucie. Enter to win right now. Go, go, go to WABCRadio.com slash Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. The chair of the RNC was holding out hope that the former president would change his mind and show up on that debate stage. But Donald Trump is making it clear he is sitting this one out. So the lineup is now set. Eight Republican candidates will be on that stage in Milwaukee tomorrow night. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson qualifying at the very last minute. While most of Trump's rivals have been hesitant to criticize him as he faces multiple investigations, nearly everyone in this crowded Republican field is going after him for sitting this debate out. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie calling him a coward. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying that anyone that wants the Republican nomination should show up and debate. The big question, how does this field take on a front runner who is not there? I am not going to allow Peter King to defend Jimmy Burke on this show. I don't care how much I love him. 
how many years he served in Congress. I am not going to allow him to, to, to take a, a police guy who was banging prostitutes, walking around with dildos, hanging out at Oak Beach. I'm not going to let it happen. Ain't going to happen here. Disgraced former Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke was arrested again. The 58-year-old was taken into custody at Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park in Farmingville. Prosecutors say he solicited sex and exposed himself at the public park. Charges include offering a sex act, public lewdness, and indecent exposure. This is a sign of a crisis, a greatest, I believe, humanitarian crisis this city has ever witnessed. In the meantime, city officials look to any possible locations they can find for housing. That will include the former St. John's Villa Academy on Staten Island, which will be open by the end of the week. A small addition, but at this point, everything counts. We will make, as we have throughout this entire crisis, almost anything work. Hundreds rallied Tuesday night near Floyd Bennett Field, outraged after the White House gave the okay for this national park site in southeast Brooklyn to house newly arrived migrants. The deal was announced Monday by Governor Kathy Hochul. You never told anybody. You never spoke to the community. You didn't let your local elected officials know. This is a complete system failure from the mayor to the governor to the homeland security director to the vice president to the president. Everybody's lying to us and telling us we're out to expose the truth. Today we celebrate the birthday of Keith Moon. He's been dead literally for 45 years. I believe one of the original members, Roger Daltrey, Pete Townsend, the great John Entwistle, who died from a cocaine overdose in Vegas in his 60s. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Moon died 45 years ago. He was the drummer, I believe, right? Oh, yes. And a damn good one. One of the craziest ones, if you look, want to look at One of the best drumming. ones, too. Yeah, he yeah. was great. Yeah. He would, but he was known for, like, he drove a car into a swimming pool. Yeah, one of those months. guys. Yeah, right. he was I mean, like a real, Motley Crue type of he guy. He was really... He could be hanging out with Nikki Six and Tommy Lee, one of those guys. Yeah, he was insane. Well, was, I think he was uh, 33 when he died, right? Let's... Because he would have been 78 uh, today. Right, so, so 1978. Yeah, he was 33 years okay, old. All yeah. right, I'm wondering. Okay. You Happy birthday, Keith Moon. So <laughs> those are the other three major stories we're covering today. We've already spent two hours talking about a lot of them. Curtis Saliwa was amazing this morning. Even better last night at Floyd Bennett Field. Just, just amazing. I can't say enough good things about Curtis. I'm growing to love that, man. I really have. This guy is tireless in his efforts to help everyday New Yorkers. 40 years of this. The Guardian Angels and now all these crises. 
from Queens to Staten Island to Brooklyn. He'll be back on Staten Island tonight. St. John's Villa Academy back in Brooklyn. Toys R Us Thursday back in Brooklyn Saturday. Gracie Mansion Sunday. Sky spends his life trying to help us. And I was honored to be by his side with hundreds, if not thousands. Lou Rapino was there, too, at Floyd Bennett Field last night. So Curtis was great, and um, so was Brian Kilmeade. But talking about Curtis, uh, one of the places he was arrested in, number 79, as we eagerly await number 80 this Sunday at Gracie Mansion, was Staten Island. And uh, to Curtis's credit, much like Floyd Bennett Field, much like Fort Tilden, all the places that both Republican and Democrat politicians said, that's not going to happen. And he mentioned Joe Borelli on Staten Island, and he's right. All the places that these guys say will never happen, they all happen. And Curtis gets it right every time. Curtis told me about St. John's Villa Academy on this show two months ago. And here we are. My next guest was on Fox News this morning. I watched her. She was great. She's on this show all the time because she, too, is a great American and a Sid Rosenberg favorite. Congresswoman out of Staten Island, Nicole Maliotakis. Nicole, good morning. How are you? Good Good morning. How are you? I'm great. You look great on Fox News this morning. You look great. You sounded great. And I know that uh, they were showing video while you were on of Curtis being led away by the cops in handcuffs on Staten Island. But again, Creedmoor in Queens, Staten Island on Sunday with me at a very crowded Floyd Bennett Field on Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn last night. You can't say enough about the efforts of Curtis Sliwa. And now you, Nicole, from the congresswoman side, I believe, uh, scripting some legislation that's going to help us in our efforts. Is that right? Yeah, look, uh, I never thought I'd have to, to actually introduce legislation to prohibit our national parks, our military installations, former and current, from actually being used to house citizens of other countries. It's absolutely outrageous that we're even at this point, but we are at this point thanks to our mayor, our governor, our president, uh, Chuck Schumer, who's been absolutely useless. Uh, we passed the border security bill in May uh, that would reinstate the policies of President Trump that would undo President Biden's disastrous executive orders that have created this crisis um, and also give more tools, resources to our Customs and Border Patrol agents so they could actually do their job. And Chuck Schumer won't pass our bill, but he won't even pass his own bill. He won't even pass a bill, let's say, to do anything on immigration so we can reconcile our differences. And that's really frustrating for the people of Staten Island and Brooklyn and New York State who expect their U.S. senator who runs the Senate to actually do something to address this problem. And so, sadly, um, we're going to forge ahead here. We're looking at different angles to see how we can get this through. Um, and, and I think that we've got a good chance of uh, making this happen. But, you know, it's not helpful when we have a mayor, a governor, a state legislature, a city council, uh, a Senate controlled by a New York senator uh, and a president who are all working against us. They really are. And that's exactly what I said last night on the news. I talked about a system failure, what you just did, starting with the mayor to the governor, to the vice president, to the director of Homeland Security, to Joe Biden himself. And while you're at it, not just Chuck Schumer, what about uh, Jerry Nadler? Where's that jerk, too? He, he's, all these Democrats are absolutely silent. Now, some Republicans are, too. Somebody like Joanne Ariola, 
who's a councilwoman in my neighborhood who's a Republican, who told me I don't take advice or listen to radio guys on the air when I told her about Floyd Benefield and Fort Tilden four months ago. So they're also kind of quiet. But the Democrats, Nicole, are really quiet. What can we do? What can we possibly do? Well, the bottom line is you can't keep voting for these Democrats that are supporting these policies. Look, by being silent, they are being they are they are you know condoning the, these uh, policies, and that's the bottom line. I, I give credit to my local state senator, Jessica Scarcella, who is a new Democrat elected from Staten Island, and she's going to stand with me today outside of Fort Wadsworth in opposition to this plan. And to the credit of the Republicans and Democrats on Staten Island, every single one of them have joined me in sending a letter to multiple agencies opposing Fort Wadsworth from being used. Think about this. It's a historic landmark. Okay, going back to the American Revolution. It's a national park, but it's also where our Coast Guard members live. Okay, um, they have operations here, as does the U.S. Park Police and National Park Service. Uh, but by the way, it and, sounds, and this, as you're describing it, it sounds an awful light, a lot like uh, Floyd Bennett Field. Same thing. Yeah, I mean, and that's why uh, we're, we're standing in solidarity against these things. But, but look, m- more importantly, let's also talk about, or equally as important, let's talk about what else is happening in our southern border. The fact that they, uh, well over 100 terrorists, People on the terrorist watch list were caught. 1.7 million gotaways who had no interaction of our government. Who's among those? All right, we know the drug traffickers, the cartels, the human traffickers. We know they're among them. And they've been, quite frankly, uh, we know that they're in the United States building networks because people are dying from fentanyl every day. And it's, it's outrageous that the president has allowed the cartel to profit. I mean, if we become a country like Guatemala, Honduras, or some of the other countries where you've seen elected officials actually go to prison because of their associations and affiliations with uh, the drug cartels, is that where we're at in this country? I mean, we have to question everything at this point because nothing makes sense. It doesn't make any sense that this is going on in the United States of America and that the president at the top levels of our government are allowing it to happen. Not only allowing it, they're encouraging it, they're incentivizing it. Uh, and and it's just it's just got to stop. But it's not going to stop unless we get a new person in the White House. It's not going to stop unless we flip the Senate uh, so we can pass these important pieces of legislation that are common sense. Um, and, and, you know, that that people have to just recognize that, you know, they, they can't keep voting for the people who support these policies. No, my wife, Danielle, who you know, Nicole, my beautiful wife, Danielle, just texted me as you were speaking. You really see the medal of who you vote for. In times of crisis, and that's she's echoing your point. Stop voting for these people. Stop it. They're destroying our city. Justin Brannon, who's uh, up for re-election against Ari Kagan City Council. Eric Adams. I don't want to hear about a red hat and a red jacket. The bottom line is Curtis Sliwa is there for the people. The mayor, not really. And of course, you said somebody new. How about somebody old? That'll be new again. Donald Trump in 2024. Talking about Trump, he'll probably run up against uh, Joe Biden if Biden even makes it. And you did talk on Fox News this morning about Hunter. And you talked specifically about the Russian oligarch who sent money to both Devin Archer and to Hunter Biden. So where are we, Nicole, in the House, you, McCarthy, Jim Jordan, Jim Comer, Nancy Mace, in forwarding this effort to expose Joe Biden, not just Hunter, as the criminal he really is? 
Well, look, I, I appreciate you even talking about this because we're exposing stuff every single day and, and the mainstream media wants to turn their head. Uh, the reality is, is that, look, there's definitely an uh, a, a influence peddling scheme uh, that the Biden family is at the center at. Uh, multiple entities, 20 entities were set up specifically to transfer money from communist China, from Ukraine, from Romania, through these 20 entities that had no other business, by the way. They were literally set up to be pass-throughs um, to transfer money to the Biden family. And we're exposing it, and it's because of the work of, of my committee, which I'm really proud of, the Ways and Means Committee, we were able to expose the IRS whistleblower testimony that I believe led to the judge rejecting that plea deal that Hunter Biden, that sweetheart plea deal that Hunter Biden was going to get, and a special prosecutor being appointed, even though we don't agree and we think that that prosecutor shouldn't be David Weiss, who's from Delaware and has connections to the family. We need somebody else. But the fact that that plea deal was rejected because of the work the House Republicans have done to expose that um, that that these these agencies have been, um, you know, just just weaponized against yeah. either for or against people. Yeah. So I think that that's a critical point, And we're going to continue to do this each and every day until uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the family is held accountable. I got to tell you, Nicole, I'm really proud of you. I really am. You have you have turned out to be such a huge, I mean, huge asset for New York, the Republican Party. Again, uh, this effort to uh, draw up legislation to keep these parks free from these illegals, stop migrants, stop asylum seekers, illegals. The work you're doing with the House Committee on exposing the Biden family. You become a real hero, Nicole. So thank you so much. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. I don't know if it's so, as much as that I'm a hero as the others in New York City uh, are zeros, right? The, the Democrats that uh, control the city council or state legislature uh, are the ones that have done New York bad. And I hope that people recognize that and start voting uh, for new people like Ari Kagan in, in southern Brooklyn, who's running against Justin Brannon. We have a real opportunity to remove somebody who has only been advocating for more federal funding to try to open up more shelters. Justin Brannon has to go. Uh, and I'm, I'm working to elect uh, Ari Kagan and people can help there. And they could also help by showing up tonight because we're having another rally uh, protesting St. John's Villa Academy being turned into a shelter, which, by the way, I mean, where's the permit for this? This is a, supposed to be a school. That was the deal that was made with the archdiocese to turn it into a public school. And the fact that the mayor wants Disgusting. to take something else away from our children is a disgrace. It really is. A great job, Nicole Fox News and me this morning. Keep talking. We'll do this again very soon, okay? Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Me too. Nicole Maliotakis. Lots more to do this morning. We're going to talk to Dr. Mark Siegel. You know, they say COVID is coming back. And if you think these migrant camps are an issue, get ready for masks and more COVID restrictions. We'll talk to Dr. Mark Siegel coming up. Dick Morris on tonight's debate. We're also going to talk to Congressman Peter King. And coming up next, my friend from Victims' Rights New York, Jennifer Harrison, blows the lid off the latest James Burke arrest with the mention of Steve Malone. We'll talk to Jennifer Harrison coming up next. I can't sleep and I lay and I think The night is hot and black as ink Oh God, I need a drink and
Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Yeah, Peter King, Dick Morris, and you're not going to want to miss Dr. Mark Siegel because there's news on COVID. He'll be here about 940. But as soon as James Burke got arrested again yesterday, the former Suffolk County police chief, that's scumbag, my phone went nuts because everybody heard the back and forth, me and Peter King and Curtis Lee. And I don't want to turn this into a me versus Peter King thing or Curtis versus Peter King. I really don't. Peter's coming up in 10 minutes. I'd rather talk about Nassau County keeping out the migrants. But everybody texted me because we had a blow-up just last week. And Peter wasn't even talking about Jimmy Burke. But what I was saying to Peter was, and now I feel even more strongly about it, that there is no question in my mind that Suffolk County blew it. That they could have had this guy, Yorman, years and years ago. But because Jimmy Burke was banging hookers all over Oak Beach and all over the county. And other people, uh, Spoda got arrested too, didn't he? As far as I know. So all these people arrested doing really, really nasty stuff. And without even knowing all the specifics, you don't got to be a genius to figure out that these guys did everything they could to keep the FBI out because they were breaking the law. There was no coincidence that Ray Tierney took over as DA, Rodney Harrison took over as commissioner, and they solved it? They needed 12 years to find DNA on a pizza crust? So when I yelled at Peter King last week, I got to tell you, I feel even more strongly today that they 100% botched this based on their own personal lives. So I get a bunch of messages yesterday. And one came from New York rights advocate, New York victims' rights, my friend Jennifer Harrison, and she wants balloons. So with that said, here's Jen. Jen, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Sid. How are you? I'm good. Uh, You sent me a text right away yesterday. You actually sent me, I don't know how you got it, because no one else sent it to me, the police report. So I knew early yesterday afternoon that Burke said, I love sucking D. I knew it was a male prostitute i knew one of these really gross details how'd you get that uh i have my sources okay you've got your sources so then you said to me afterwards you said this is so bad and again it raises the question why would steve balone ever promote this guy and secondly why aren't people Going after Bologna, I mean, do you feel that way? Give, give me your thoughts after the latest Jim Burke arrest. Oh, I, and, by, and by the way, I, by, by the way, you must tell people you are a Suffolk County resident, along with Lee Zeldin, one of the greats in Shirley, Long Island. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, as somebody that lives out here and has experienced this, you know, we've been living under this cloud of the corruption of the Ballone administration for quite some time. And Spoda, you know, federal indictments, federal jail time, Jimmy Burke going to jail with, you know, and his kind of, you know, quote unquote, fall from grace. Um, so, it, you know, it's pretty sad to watch. But what's even worse is that the victims of the Gilgo murders, Families have suffered for over 12 years because of the complete incompetence and corruption from the Steve Ballone administration. And it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. You know, he went from being a, a Spoda puppet to, to then being his own puppet master and putting Tim Sinney in places that he had no business being or no experience being in business in. Um, you know, Jimmy Burke, in elevating him to the chief of police when when – Everybody knows that this guy had these issues, okay? Maybe not the extent that we found out yesterday, um, which was disgusting to read, by the way. I'm sorry I had to send it to you, but I had to. And um, it, it, it's just, it's gross incompetence and corruption. That, and, and, it's, and there's no way that Steve Ballone couldn't have known about this is all that I have to say. Again, uh, the police report, these are all alleged crimes, of course. We don't know whether or not... Uh, it actually went down that way, but I did see the police report, and it did state specifically what I said to you at the very top of our conversation, which was no surprise. I mean, that's the worst part of this. That's the worst part is James Burke gets arrested, and everybody who texted me, it wasn't, oh, my God. It wasn't a prayer sign. It was the emoji of somebody laughing. Like, here he goes again. And I'm supposed to believe that he was part of a real investigation to find the Kilgo murderer? How could I possibly believe that? How? Yeah, I mean, I mean, nobody can. And and the fact that this guy is doing this allegedly um, at this point in time, when there's so much heat and noise and buzz around around him and around the investigation, I mean. How do you not? There's nobody that he could have called up that he knows on a personal basis. <laughs> I mean, for real, right? A little bit more discreet, <laughs> yeah. you know. So he's either a complete sociopath, he has no self-control, or he just thinks that he's like that high above the law. Or maybe it's a combination of all three. But then again, you know, where was Steve Ballone? Where was the thought process when he put some guy like this in charge of so many pressing issues and keeping Suffolk County safe? Let's talk about something nice. Uh, you contacted me about two weeks ago, and you said, what are you doing? I think it's September 25th. I know it's Yum Kipper. And I said, well, it's Yum Kipper. I said, why? And you said, well, we're putting together this really, really important dinner. In fact, I believe you're inviting Ray Tierney, Rodney Harrison, uh, the sheriff, Tolu is a good guy. Uh, you're inviting all these folks. Is this the very first dinner you're putting together for your group? This is the first uh, dinner the fundraiser for the Victims' Rights Reform Council uh, with me as the executive director. Yeah, so I'm very excited about it. It's in the preliminary stages. We're actually trying to have it um, on September 26th at the American Legion in Huntington. And I want to give Glenn a shout-out because apparently he listens to you every morning. And he was the first person to recognize me, Everybody stranger does. to recognize me yeah. from your show, which was pretty cool <laughs> over the phone. Um, that is so cool. big shout-out to everything that he does over there. But, but there's a specific – is this uh, – who are you honoring that night? Again, what is the theme of that evening? 
So we're we're hoping to, but again, I have to confirm and make sure of everybody's availability. So, um, you know, obviously Ray Tierney is very busy right now, so he hasn't gotten back to me on this. Hopefully he's available that night. But we would like to, uh, September 25th is the National Remembrance of Murdered Victims Day. Um, but as you mentioned, it's Yom Kippur, so we're hoping to do it on September 26th um, in honor of all the, the victims that have been taken from us. Um, unfortunately, there, there are way too many victims across the state and across the country that are being created by failed Democrat policies. So, you know, we want to raise awareness as to, as to that, too. I want to wrap up the conversation with this a possible plea deal for the terrorists, but I did get a text just now. I'm not going to say who the guy is, but he is a very well-respected, beloved guy here in New York. Going back to the last conversation, he said, Jimmy Burke made then-young assistant DA Spoda a rising star by flipping on his friends in a brutal teen murder he very possibly was involved in. Spoda repaid the debt by taking Burke under his wing and ultimately helping him become Jimmy the King. So that is um, what a lot of people believe, and uh, I'm starting to believe it more and more every day. Now, uh, you heard me talking earlier about this terrorist, this plea deal. I was yelling at Jimmy Flippin, what do you mean a plea deal? What are we, crazy? And you have thoughts on that, too, don't you? This is completely insane. And, you know, a a lot of people are against the death penalty because they feel like life in prison is punishment enough, sometimes even maybe more punitive, right, Um, Which and suffering, which, you know, I might agree in some instances. But we have to be really careful here, Sid, because we just had a terrorist that was convicted and sentenced to life in prison in, in New York, the guy that ran all those people over. And uh, what people have to be aware of is that the, the Democrat Party in New York and across the country want to eliminate life sentences. So if we, the only answer here is the death penalty. That's the only way that we can make sure that the, these complete monsters who destroyed our city, destroyed our state, destroyed our country and took almost 3,000 people away from us um, never see the light of day again and never get to do this to anybody again. Because if it's up to the Democrats, these people will get early release at some point, and so will the terrorist that was convicted and sentenced to life and parole in New York um, not too not too long ago. So, um, you know, if there was going to be a, a guarantee that that the Democrats were not going to send to end life without parole, then I might be all for it. But since there's no way that we can guarantee it, and the the way that these people are going um, in that direction, the, no, we, the death penalty is the only answer. Jeez, I mean, they're just completely crazy. And I mean, it, it, the idea of ah, both parties, both parties. And I yell at my own family for saying that it's complete nonsense. It's one party. Yeah, there's, only, there's, there's only one party that's doing that. Yes. This, and that's the Democrats. And, uh, and doing you know, all of it, all the- doing all of it, whether it's crime in the streets, bail reform, Democrats, migrant right. camps, open borders, Democrats. I mean, all and of the at- horrible issues we're experiencing today in this country, direct result of Democrats. And look at all of the cop killers that they're releasing. If, if you don't want to believe me on this, I'm, you know, take this to the bank that the terrorist that was convicted and sentenced in New York State will be released. And if the Democrats have their way, the, these monsters will be, be released through elder parole. Or, they already have. Or uh, didn't didn't, didn't Andrew Cuomo release that guy who shot those three cops, one in the balls as he begged for his life? Didn't he do that? Yes, he yes. did. Yes, and he did. as well as Judith Clark and uh, Kathy Boudin and David Gilbert. Exactly right. Uh, for folks who want to help you in your efforts, uh, people that are struggling every day, that have been through horrific tragedies like you, your boyfriend murdered years and years ago, how do they help? 
Uh, you could go to the victimsrightsreformcouncil.org to support our nonprofit, which provides advocacy and support for all victims. Or you could go to victimsrightsnypac.com if you want to support candidates and help us get people elected that will support our issues and, and turn this stuff around. Jennifer Harrison, great job as always. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. too you know that he's he's mr irish even my next door neighbor father-in-law loves the fighting irish and notre dame anthony morello peter king joins me at this time every wednesday and let me start this right off the bat i get no joy out of fighting with peter king i just don't i'm sorry i love the guy guy has become legitimately a dear friend Danielle loves him, Ava loves him, Gabe loves him, I love him, his daughter Erin, his son Sean, his wife Rosemary, Melissa, we're all great friends, I I don't want to fight with him. So here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring him on, I'm going to ask him once and only once his thoughts on the latest arrest of James Burke, and then I want to move on. I'm not going to yell and or scream, that's a promise. So here he is, the great congressman, I always say and I mean this, in my lifetime, Two best politicians in New York, Rudy Giuliani and Peter King. Peter, good morning, buddy. How are you? Shit, I'm doing great. Also, say hello to Anthony Borello for me. He's a great guy. I get a lot of sex from him all the time. He loves you. He loves you. Every time he jumps up a new Notre Dame hat, he says, make sure you tell Peter (laughs) King I stop by. So, look, Burke got arrested again. Um, Do you still feel the same way that the investigation was done properly? Or even you at this point, even you, are you starting to doubt some of that. Well, if, if the facts are what they seem to be, Jim Burke has to face the consequences, no doubt about it, like he faced the consequences when he went to jail for beating up a prisoner. Now, the reason I take the position I do on the uh, investigation, like you know, George Venezuelos, I think, will back up a lot of this. The Suffolk County police were working hard. Leave Jim Burke out of it. Like, the key piece of evidence that was found was found by the Suffolk cops back in 2010, and that was given to the FBI. And unfortunately, the technology uh, was not perfected until 2022. That was the key piece of DNA evidence. Could the cops have done more? Maybe. But I also know, you know, for the last eight years, Jim Burke was gone. And it was being investigated by a former commissioner who was certainly not a friend of Burke. In the last three years, you had Jerry Hart, who had been head of the FBI on Long Island, 
she was investigating, and she was the one to come up with the uh, the belts, which appears to have yeah. family initials on it. Yep. And then, uh, again, I give listen, not, nothing to take away from Ray Tierney and Rodney Harrison. I knew Rodney was, when he was in the NYPD. He's a great, great police officer, a great leader. Ray Tierney, he won a big election and an upset when no one thought he was going to win, and he won big, and he got on this case. I give him full credit. And I just felt that to tie all this together somehow was tarnishing the reputations of a lot of good Suffolk County cops. And that's really, the, you know, the point I was, I was making, even, you know, when I was on your show two weeks ago, or, or I guess it was last week. Yeah. And I never even brought up Jim Burke's name. I was just saying that. No, you didn't. Wrong. Well, you did. Yeah. And so yeah. anyway, that's that. No, listen, what he's done, he's done. It's up to him to you know, face the consequences. Now, what about, but what about Rodney the cr- Harrison, tremendous credit. But yeah. what about the criticisms, Peter, about uh, Steve Ballone? What about that? Yeah, again, I don't know all the details. Uh, and let me just say, too, there's a, a mixed message here. I mean, everyone now is you know, pointing at things that Jim Burke did or didn't do. The fact is there were many police and high-ranking police officials, not just in Suffolk, but other uh, areas, that thought Jim Burke was a very effective when he was lieutenant, and he was also very involved with Homeland Security. He also did a, uh, a course that he ran for promotional exams that many top police officers went to. So there's two sides to him. Obviously, there's a dark side, which is coming out. So, uh, so what was your question there? Oh, yeah. About Ballone? I, I don't know. Listen, Steve Ballone and I, we, you know, we know each other. He strongly opposed me in campaigns, you know, and he addressed my opponents. So I have no reason to be defending Steve Ballone. He's going to have to answer that. These are these are legitimate questions as to why Ballone uh, picked Jim Burks. Did he pick him because he thought he was the best person? Or was there pressure being brought on him? Right. That's going to be up to Ballone to answer that. Uh, fair enough. All right. That's a very honest Peter King. Good job there, Peter. Now, uh, to the Ukraine-Russia thing we've argued about for the last year. Uh, if you still feel like it's an endeavor we need to do, that's fine. You're not alone. Lots of folks agree with you. But, but are you starting to at least consider that part of the reason why Biden is so gung-ho with Zelensky is the fact that after these latest parismas, the, all these details we're learning now, that he's a compromised president. Yes or no? Yeah, it could be with Biden. But I'm saying whether or not it was Biden or anybody else's president, I'd be supporting the policy. You know, people like uh, Tom Cotton, Marco Rubio, Brian Kilmeade, for that matter, you know, Rich Lowry. We can go through a list of people who strongly support this. Every top Republican in the Congress, the head of the Intelligence Committee, Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, the uh, uh, Armed Services Committee, all support the policy in Ukraine. But again, Joe Biden was coming out more and more in Ukraine. You know, it was sort of accepted the last few years that it wasn't that bad that Biden had that prosecutor fired because the prosecutor himself was corrupt. But now we find out that the Obama administration itself said that prosecutor was doing a good job and that the money should be given to him to carry out his prosecutions and also to Ukraine. So now the more this goes on, the more Joe Biden has to answer. And again, it shouldn't tarnish uh, the overall Ukraine policy. But uh, again, Biden's role in it, he could have his own interest in doing it. I still think it's the right policy. But again, that can be debated. I'm sure it'll be debated tonight at the uh, GOP debate in Milwaukee. Mayorkas is the Secretary of uh, Homeland Security. Uh, Part of your legendary career, besides being a congressman out of Long Island for the better part of four decades, was you were in that group uh, not long after, I believe, Tom Ridge took over. And you did a great job. Uh, if you were still there and Mayorkas was, in fact, leading the charge, how would that go for you? We would have to, first of all, bring it before the committee. And I'm not a big fan of impeachment, but I would think this is a clear case where a high-ranking official is not fulfilling his oath of office, is not carrying out his duties. And this is causing a national, national 
disaster you could almost say. I mean, you know, we're talking about Floyd Bennett Field. Let's just say that they give them Floyd Bennett Field. They give them City Field and they give them Yankee Stadium. They give them every hotel and apartment house in Manhattan and Queens and Brooklyn. It's not going to be enough. This is going to go on and on. The border is open. That's the real that's the real scandal here is the border being open. And then, of course, people like Eric Adams inviting them up to New York. But even if that was stopped today, we're going to have 100,000 people in New York that came illegally. You're going to have the, around the country, I mean, states like Arizona and Texas, they've seen this for years. And Mayorkas has done nothing. Under Donald Trump, I think in 2019, there was not one person on the terror watch list who was apprehending coming across the border. Now already in the first, uh, I think, 10 months of this fiscal year, we have more uh, people on the terrorist watch list caught coming across the border than the previous five years combined. Jeez. So now this is a dereliction of duty, a severe dereliction of duty by Mayorkas. But again, Mayorkas is taking orders from Joe Biden. And that's the point. When people say this is not about politics, and I get really frustrated lately, even my own people I love, it's all about politics. Because every one of these policies that we discuss, every one of them, whether it's open borders, bringing these migrants and people like Eric Adams, walking them with open arms, teaching our kids about sex when they're in the third grade, you know, world wars. I mean, every one of these policies are Democrat policies, right? I mean, Donald Trump was president for four years. I never used the word migrant once, not once. It's coincidence. Donald Trump was president for four years. The guy before him, Obama, the Russians went into Crimea. The guy after him, Biden, the Russians went into Ukraine. Trump, nothing. No dead bodies in Afghanistan, no world wars. How could it not be about politics when everything the Democrats do puts our cities, states, and nation in jeopardy? Is that not a fair statement? No, it is. In fact, you know, Rosemary will say to me, uh, how does Biden, how are Eric Adams, how do they explain this? I say they don't have to explain it. This is what they want. This is what Joe Biden wants. Progressives want really an end to borders. They think we're all one world. Welcome, everybody. And so this is not a mistake. This is a concerted policy of the open borders. This one, Biden was running. He was encouraging people, you know, telling people, come to the United States, come across the border. And that's, that's really the whole hypocrisy here. Yeah, people on the left saying what a terrible country are, we are, we're racist, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, at the same time, they're defending all these millions of people who want to come to the United States because they know what a great country we are. I don't even blame the immigrants themselves. I mean, maybe no. I'd be doing the same thing if I was on Honduras. Of course. I can get a, on a bus and go to New York and get a motorbike for myself and <laughs> three meals a day yeah. and stay in a hotel. Yeah. And, you know, be harangued by uh, Sid Rosenberg or Floyd. <laughs> field. I mean, it's, uh, you know, what do you want? Uh, you got to admit, though, Curtis Sliwa, he has stepped up. And, you know, people make fun of him, yeah. the beret, the red jacket. He is much more of a mayor these days than Eric Adams. True or false? Oh, it's true. I, mean, I, I supported Curtis. Man. In fact, I was involved in a big fundraiser for him on Long Island when he ran in 2021. No, but I've said, listen, whatever differences Curtis and I have over various issues, including the fact that he still resents and he got thrown out of high school and I got the diploma. <laughs> but that's another story. Uh, no, listen, well, he, he has been a leader on this issue. He's out there and he's been right all along on this. And uh, like I've said before, this is going to be a big issue in the Nassau County elections this year. Because that, that thousand tent facility right on the Nassau County border, yeah. people in places like Florida Park and Lake Success, Manhasset, all these people are extremely, extremely worried yep. that you're going to have a thousand guys hanging out on the border and coming into Nassau County.
Yeah, I mean, you have that, and then you want, you're not that far removed from the idiot governor trying to build those housing projects uh, out in, like, Rosalind and all these nice places. And, and look, even Curtis gave credit to your friend and mine, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, because he said, basically, over my dead body right here on this show, it ain't happening. Yeah, Bruce will fight it as hard as he can. But we have to stand with Bruce on that because the state can put a lot of pressure on you. They can send them in and you end up going to court and everything else. So, no, Bruce, it's important we stand with Bruce. He's on this all the way. He's fighting hard. I give him credit. And it's something you know, that has to be done. We can't be making apologies either. We can't say, well, you know, we like them, but no. Our first obligation is to defend American citizens, defend the people that you're elected to represent, and not be standing at the port authority and handing them phones and food <laughs> and everything else. I mean, you know, you know, next will be the key of the city. Or yeah. I was going to say, you know, tickets to the World Series game with the Mets and the Yankees. Not here. <laughs> not here. But just, you know, the thing, you know, you want your, your, your politicians to keep you safe. At the end of the week, when your check goes in, you want a lot of your money to be there. You know, look, I'm a liberal guy. You know that, Peter, when it comes to social issues. I'm, I am pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-gay marriage, all these things. But I'm never, ever, 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 unlike Alan Dershowitz, going to vote for a president who cares about that stuff. That is not, that is not, the president is not there to do that. Come on. He's there to keep, or she, they are there to keep us safe and make sure our money collects interest. These social issues, that's not why you vote for president. Am I wrong about that? No, I, I, I would say, yeah, I, I have some uh, 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 views on social issues, too. But no, the overriding issues have to be national defense. And also, to me, the one special interest group we have to look out for is the middle class, the hardworking families who keep our communities together, who try to put their kids through school, who try to do the job day in and day out, don't want to be mugged, don't want to be attacked on the subway, don't want their taxes going sky high, right. don't want people wandering through the neighborhoods or they have no idea who they are. And they also want to make sure that we stand with the military, stand with the cops, stand with the firefighters. These are the people, while the rest are standing around talking and giving speeches and whatever, they're the guys whose lives are on the front line. I give them tremendous credit. And uh, that's why uh, Rodney Harrison, great cop. Uh, again, he, he did a great job in the city, great job in Suffolk, NYPD, Nassau cop, Pat Ryder is outstanding. We can go you know, through a whole list of people. We have to stand with them and not be constantly trying to criticize, not be like CNN or MSNBC. And again, uh, you've said it before, and I said it, what John Casmatiz has done with WABC, this is a megaphone, a megaphone going out to real people out there who don't have the time to spend you know, every uh, working minute in politics. They have to go out and earn a living, support their families, but they can get the truth right here through WABC. You're one of the reasons why that was a, not a good, but a great appearance this morning, Peter. Really, really great stuff. I love you. Thank you for hopping on. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Let me make one last criticism now. When you put all the pictures in the paper, do I have to be next to Curtis? <laughs> you know what? Do I have to be there. Well, you know what's funny about what you just said? When he saw the <laughs> promo yesterday, he said to me, and I swear, do I have to be next to Peter King? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> you guys are both great. I love you, Peter. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, that was a great appearance. Peter King, ladies and gentlemen, this time every Wednesday. Lots more to do. Big debate tonight. We'll talk to Dick Morris. Stick around. 940. Very important conversation. Is COVID coming back? Masks, all that nonsense? It may be. Dr. Mark Siegel will join us. And Sophie Perez is behind the glass. Our number four. Coming at you.
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Dick Morris has this song, She Bop, by Cindy Lauper on his music selection on his phone. Sophie says, yes. You, Lou? I don't know. I don't know. The, the funny thing about song origins. <laughs> yeah. uh, Doug Burgum is one of the guys that's supposed to debate tonight. He's at Dupasada, one of the Dakotas. I don't know. He's a billionaire, smart guy, but he has no right running for president. None. So he uh, hurt himself playing basketball. So I'm not sure if he's going to debate now. I don't know. We're going to talk to Dick Morris here momentarily. And then you're not going to want to miss this conversation. 940, Dr. Mark Siegel. Is COVID coming back? Now, listen to me. I'm not a doctor. I can promise you the next strain of COVID is nothing. It's less than the flu. It's less than a cold. But get ready because the media is going to position this like the worst strain ever. Get ready for masks, all kinds of nonsense. Dr. Mark Siegel coming up at 940. But yes, Dick Morris is on noon to one on our station every Sunday. The show is, of course, I really like Dick, actually. He's a very, very cool guy. And he's always uh, quick to remark about my physique. Here's my friend Dick Morris. Good morning, Dick. Yeah, you're built like a brick, you know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you're great, Dick. Thank you. Thank you. So let, let's start uh, with your guy. And uh, you are very, very, very close with Donald Trump. You talk to him all the time. I yep. uh, love Donald. He's not going to be there tonight. He taped an interview with Tucker Carlson. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, there's a great quote by, um, a great poem by, I used to say, Sedna St. Vincent Millay, but it's not. Thank you. When I was coming down the stair... I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I do wish he'd go away. (laughs) 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 And that is Donald Trump at the debate. Uh, He's not there, but he's going to be on everybody's mind in the debate. And he shouldn't be there. He's uh, he's way, way ahead of everybody. And uh, why should he let the media, particularly Fox News, create a debate and give his opponents airtime and give his opponents a chance to attack him and a biased moderator like Brett Baer come after him with questions. You know, he once had to debate Megyn Kelly and then later he had to debate Chris Wallace. Well, it's enough of that. He earned the right to avoid that. Yeah, he was actually on with Brett Baer a couple of weeks ago, and the whole interview nauseated me. Again, I felt like he was back in court, like he was once again another indictment. And and Fox News, and I like Fox News. I'm on Brian Kilmeade's show quite a bit. I'm on Jesse Waters' show. Those two guys are different. Uh, So it's Judge Jeanine. They love Trump. But all these folks you just mentioned, they have not been a friend to Donald Trump. I don't blame them. I really don't. Yeah. Well, they've been enemies, and, and there's no point in standing in front of a firing squad for two, for yeah. two hours. Yeah. Um, so what he's going to do is this interview with, with um, Tucker. Tucker Carlson, yeah. which I think is going to be fascinating. I, I think that 
Tucker will ask the questions that Fox News won't. And uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating thing. I'm learning how to access his iPad, his iPod, his iPad, his uh, show. I, I don't know how, but I'm learning how. And I will tonight and we'll listen to it. Yeah, it's on it's on uh, X, which used to be Twitter. So you're gonna have to yeah. do that. Yes, got to download right. Twitter, Dick. But yeah. I guess I for me, yeah, so for me, as a guy that loves Trump, and Trump was on this show with me about about a month and a half ago. I love him, and I want him to win and win big. But for me, the burning question is: I know what he would answer. I know what he would say. But I'm going to ask you because you are his close friend, a confidant, and you may be a little more honest than even Donald. All these indictments. All these days in court, there's a lot of them, six days, seven days. Some of them may, in fact, be on the same day as, I don't know, Super Tuesday, maybe a caucus in Iowa. How does that not affect Trump's ability to really run a great campaign past primary leading up to general election? Look, if this guy uh, had to do this campaign from jail, he'd do it. And uh, his videos are widely watched. Uh, the interviews he does with you and others have huge ratings. And I don't think people care particularly where he's sitting. He could nip out from the jury for a minute and do an interview and go back. Um, it's not going to impede him. Look, nothing's going to impede Donald Trump. He's a force of nature. Well, I agree with that. Dick Morris again joining me right here. Dick is on noon to one every Sunday. So what do you think the interview with Tucker Carlson will include tonight. What do you think will be the big theme of that conversation? I think it's going to be a theme that Trump has picked up in the the last couple of months, but more in the last couple of days, which is we all know about the the deal with China between Biden and China. We know half of it. We know what China gave Biden. We're learning more and more about that each day. But what I think Trump is going to focus on is what Biden gave China in return what the other half of that quid pro quo was. So, for example, I think he let them skate on the aid on the um, on the virus. COVID. I think COVID. I think that rather than hold the feet to the fire and find out the source of that, I don't think it was a lab leak. I think it was a bioweapon deployed by China against the United States. And China will never be held accountable. They'll never investigate it because Biden doesn't want to do that. He won't do that because he's afraid of China. Uh, China is now in the process of dethroning the dollar as the world's global currency, and uh, and that that could have huge consequences for us. It could impede our ability to borrow to pay our deficit, which means we'd have to cut the defense budget, which is why China is doing it in the first place. Uh, it would, I, he should. I think he's going to focus on how China takes our technology when a company moves to China. They have to put a member from the Chinese Communist Party on their board of directors and Mm. give them 51 percent voting stock. Mm. And he can control the company and he has to transfer all of his technology to China. So why is Biden letting that happen? Where are the fines on companies that do that? Where's the tax consequences? Where's the embargo against China? Where's the increased tariffs to punish it? He's letting himself a base in Cuba bases around the world and just walk all over us for two reasons. One is he's grateful for the payoffs. And secondly, he's terrified that they'll Mm. reveal what he did. Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking the same thing about Ukraine. And I fight with my friends on this program all the time. I think the idea that Putin is going to take over the world is so ridiculous and based on zero fact 
the fact that we keep giving this guy Zelensky in Ukraine all this money, and all we're doing by giving him money is prolonging a war that is getting Ukrainians killed every day, so it's really stupid to begin with. But I really believe that it goes above and beyond him wanting to help Ukraine, like China. I think that he's compromised, and this Burisma company gave him and his kid all this money, and every time Zelensky wants money, Dick Morris, Biden goes, how much? Maybe I'll double it. That's a compromised president. Exactly. You're precisely right about that. I believe that when Russia first invaded Ukraine, we had to stop it, and we did. But now that it's only 15% of Ukraine that they're fighting over Donbass, it's absurd for us to give them this amount of aid. And uh, I believe that it is because Biden is bribed. He's bought and paid for by two countries, mainly China and Ukraine. And uh, and I think that you're seeing the policy in both of those. So I well, but hold on a second, but you say China and Ukraine, Dick. But uh, just this morning, more details came out about the Russian oligarchy, including the mayor of Moscow's wife. That deposited yeah. a lot of money in both Devin yeah. Archer and Hunter Biden's account. So really, who, who is Joe Biden rooting for in the war when you consider he's getting paid by both countries? Yeah, he is. And you got those countries. You got Kazakhstan. You got Iraq. You got Costa Rica. You got all kinds of countries that they have, that, that they have ripped off. Uh, you know, European monarchs used to send their sons and daughters around the world to form alliances and to get married and get dowries. Biden is using Hunter that way, and uh, it, and we need we're tracking it down. But the big thing we're looking at now is what did China do for Biden, uh, and what did Biden do for China? I mean, what what did the U.S. give up so that we could appease China? So, was there any doubt in your mind, Dick Morris, that all these indictments—they're uh, all ridiculous? You know, my friend Anthony Scamotti said, "Did you read the indictments?" Yeah, Anthony, I read them. They're ridiculous. They're clearly out there for one reason, in my opinion, and that is to stop Trump from running. Uh, Take his focus off the ball, put him in jail, do whatever we can do to stop him from running. I really think, Dick, that you're a moron if you think it's anything else, whether it's Jack Smith or this moron, this fat dupus Alvin Bragg in New York City or this latest idiot in Georgia, Fanny. If you don't think that's the case, you got to be kidding yourself. No, Dick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, nothing is going to take Trump's eye off the ball. He's the least able to be distracted person in the universe. Uh, he's focused on winning this election, and that's going to be it. Uh, and, and increasingly, the Democrats are doing it for him. He didn't have a lock on the Republican nomination back in January. Uh, DeSantis was within five points of him. Now he's got a lock. He's 40 points ahead. Well, let me ask you, I want, I want to go back to that day because... December was not good, Dick. I'm sorry. He had the, yeah. the Kanye West dinner. He had the, you know, I want to rip up the Constitution, the, the trading cards. So you're right. January comes along. My opinion, and you know him a lot better than me. You speak to him almost every day. My opinion is where this thing started to change was even before the indictments. This thing started to change when President Trump, not Biden, just like Hawaii, not Biden, not Buttigieg, when President Trump showed up in East Palestine, Ohio, and said, I care, you're Americans, I believe that was the day it all started to change. Well, it certainly changed that, and I think you're right. Uh, it changed really when he announced his candidacy on January 15th. And I think that, and he's gained since then, he's gone from five ahead to about 40 or 45 ahead. And uh, that's because he's focused his message 
He talks about the future, not the past. Uh, he references 2020 because he has to because he was indicted for it. But he basically is focusing on what he'll do for the American people now. And he's making the point that this entire inflation that we have now, this entire thing with with burdens with is entirely because of energy prices. It's because his ideology, Biden's ideology, requires that he stop fossil fuels. And the United States is by far the biggest producer of fossil fuels. Could be twice what any other country has. Give us tremendous power. Stop inflation immediately. All of this is completely possible when Biden is willing the inflation to continue by his ideological climate change agenda. It's the sole cause of this. If the United States were pumping 18, 19 million barrels a day, it's pumping 11, and it's capable of doing more than twice that. Right. There would be no inflation. Uh, gas prices would be low, and nothing would be moving up. That's right. Except the economy. If this, is, this is inflation caused by an act of will by Joe Biden. No question. Uh, they want open up the pipelines again, get Keystone going again. And we know this because, not because, well, if Trump was president, he was. He was yes. president. And all these things were going great. And Joe Biden decided, I told us my wife last night, Joe Biden decided day one, whatever Trump did, good or bad, was all good. Whatever Trump did, I'm going to do the opposite. So he unraveled yeah. everything. The Middle East is a mess. The World War Three is about to start. The economy sucks. He shut I down agree, the pipelines. Yeah. Come on. You're right about all that, but he was obeying two masters, not just his own country. Who, who were the two masters? China on the one hand and the left-wing constituency he has on the other. Is that Barack Obama? Like is that Barack Obama? Well, it's, I think Obama's the mastermind behind it, but it's the Antifa and all of that crowd. And they, uh, they're saying we have... And they want global economic control, and the way they do that is to hype the concern about climate change, which is phony in the first place, and use that to try to control the economy, just like they use COVID to try to control yeah. our bodies. Yeah. Climate control, so, and of I course... say something about the stupid debate that's coming up tonight? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, climate control and white supremacy, another thing that doesn't exist. Yes, yeah. talk about this uh, stupid debate coming up tonight. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know when, a while ago, they used to be, well, now there's the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl. <laughs> but there used to be a, a contest between the two losing teams or something uh, for third place, I think. And that's kind of what this debate is. Uh, this debate is a debate for the vice presidency. It's not a debate for the presidency. The presidential nomination is already decided. It's Trump's. This is a contest between DeSantis and everybody else. To become vice president. But wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Trump is never going to take DeSantis on, and DeSantis no. will never work underneath Trump. Well, the second isn't true. The first is. and uh, But it's really an audition. Okay? They're auditioning for vice president. And uh, I believe that it had come down to two people, Vivek and um, Ramaswamy and Tim Scott. Scott. Yeah. I think, I, think that, I think that's a mistake. I mean, I got to tell you. And I think Scott is going to defeat Ramaswamy. Me too. And, yeah. and be the, yeah. quote, winner of the booby prize of this debate. Well, Vivek has had a very bad week, but he talked about taking money back from Israel to 2028. Vivek's foreign policy leaves a lot to be desired. But I know you talk to Trump more than I do. I think both of those guys are mistaken. I love Tim Scott. Give him a job someplace else. The one place, Dick Morris. We need to win, and we're not, even right now, 
is females, suburban females. Yeah. Go talk to Nancy Mace or Carrie Lake or, or Tulsi Gabbard, yeah. not Tim Scott, not Vivek. They're yeah. not going to get you that lady in a in suburb. you got to talk to one of these strong women. Yep, yep, I agree with that. Oh, you I do? And oh. I told them that, I do. I was just saying in terms of the debate, look for Scott to win this debate. I agree. To the extent anyone wins it. Because Vivek is off the handle and DeSantis <laughs> is rejected. You know, he not only said cut aid to Israel, he said cut out aid to Taiwan. Once we yep. make our own superconductors, screw yep. them. Yep. Uh, he said that he, he actually said that he thought that there were U.S. government agents on the flights in 9-11 yep. that crashed into the center. He later walked that back, but he actually said that. And, uh, and he's got he, he's just totally screwed up. And I think that, uh, and I think Scott is the only one up there who won't bash Trump as his main thing. And uh, I think the key to being doing well tonight is not to attack Trump. Agreed. In fact, they should all unite around the man that is up 46 points. He's going to win the primary because the main goal for all of these people, it ain't about Trump. It's about removing Democrats from office because they're killing us. Dick Morris, you're great, man. You are great. Thank you for coming back on this morning. Let's do this again very soon. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Dick Morris, noon to one every Sunday. And, of course, uh, all over the TV station across the street. There you go, John. I'm not going to say. Coming up next, Dr. Mark Siegel. Is COVID coming back? There's a healthy, and I mean a healthy percentage of folks that think so. And while the strain may not be all that bad, Life as we know it may turn out to be terrible. What do I mean? <laughs> Don't change this dial. Seagull's coming up next. Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make a mine. And she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving with that body, I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night You know I wish that I had Jesse's girl I wish that I had Jesse's girl Happy birthday to Rick Springfield, a.k.a. Dr. Noah Drake This is the classic Jesse's girl we're going to talk to Dr. Mark Siegel. You're going to pay attention to that conversation that's coming up. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Dr. Mike.
great song. Talk to, talk to my eyes. Jackson Brown, of course. So I was on John Katzmatini. This is for Dr. Mark Siegel. But I was on Katzmatini's show yesterday. I love John. I just saw Margo. I love her, too. She's a beautiful woman. Beautiful. And she's walking great. She's feeling great. So I get a call. I was expecting uh, Rich Rodabella to call me. How do you say his name? How do you say it? It's Rodabali. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's yes. a great producer. He's great. Like, John John has no idea how lucky. I mean, I'm lucky, too. I got you guys. But uh, Rodabelli's a great uh, producer. Right. Great. Maybe he'll be good enough one day for you to get his name right. Don't blow me. Be quiet. God. So uh, I was expecting him to call me, but instead... I got a call to come on the show. You ready for this? Macedonia Bill. Who's that? And as if that wasn't enough, who's in studio right now? Macedonia Phil. I thought they made sure you only came when I left. Because Chad doesn't want me able to bring you up again. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing? I, I got I to fill in for like whoever needs filling in for. So I'm here in the morning because someone needs to be oh. filled in. Are you doing Brian Kilmeade show today? I don't really know. That's kind of cool. He's live in Milwaukee for the debate tonight. So he's not doing Brian Kilmeade. He's not doing. He has no, no idea what he's doing. Yeah, he's still uh, as lost as the day he started with us. <laughs> See, he hasn't changed a bit. But he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. It'd be good if he was on the air filling. In I know. Kilmeade. That would be great. Coming up next, two hours of Macedonia Bill. And he just opens with, so if you missed a preseason NBA. Right, <laughs> right, right. Boy, that kid Jokic is going to do it again this year. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, this is a very important, thank you, Phil, a very important conversation. Let me bring on my, uh, my good friend, Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegs, how are you, pal? By the way, I have figured out why the debate is in Milwaukee. It's because everybody is so sick of our terrible baseball teams here that they, that they want to see the Milwaukee Brewers and have a beer over there because they're definitely a much better team. And I have to tell you one more thing. Talking about Casavitidis, he sent me a beautiful picture of that stadium down in Staten Island where he was last night in the Ferry Hawks. And I said to him, why don't you move, get them to move the Yankees down there? They need a change of scenery. What do you think, Sid? I think the Ferry Hawks can beat the Yankees. <laughs> I really yeah, do. Last place. Yeah, going man. nowhere. What, what's the matter with Brian Cashman? I mean, he's, always, he's made such beautiful deals. He's done. It's over. He's going to get fired. You can count yeah. on that. 24 years. Ran its course. Boone will get fired, too. The yes. Yankees have lost nine straight. The last time they lost nine straight, 41 years ago. They used three managers that season. Bob Lemon, Gene Stick, Michael, and Clyde King and won 79 games. If they lose again tonight, it'll be 10 straight. The last time the Yankees lost 10 straight, they played at the Polo Grounds. Changes are coming, Dr. Mark Siegel. By the way, you know how I knew the Yankees were changing for the better in the 90s when they got Andy Pettit? I watched Andy Pettit. I said, this, is, this team is changing. Oh, it's yeah. always all about pitching, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah. I mean, they had, you know, they had uh, the core guys, were, and Pettit and Mariano Rivera yes. were two of those core guys. I mean, you had Jeter and Bernie Williams, but, yeah, they were changing. And, and you know, Buck Showalter did a good job in 95. Torrey came in in 96. They became world beaters. But it's a completely different story now in the Bronx. It's very depressing. Now, talking about very depressing, I've been told this, Dr. Mark Siegel, the last couple of days by Democrats, by Republicans, by independents. Get ready. COVID is coming back. But here's what I've been told. And here's what's going on today. I've been told the strain is not going to be anywhere near as bad as the original COVID virus. But, but. The media and the politicians are already scripting it to be the worst strain of COVID yet. Your thoughts? 
Usually when politicians start pounding the drum and fear mongering like this, you think they actually have a solution up their sleeve that can lead them to get votes. But what's been pathetic about the Democrats is that they have gotten no votes from this and they've mishandled it with mandates that don't work backfiring leading people, leading children to not learn properly or socialize properly. What a mess the mandates were. And you could see that kind of in the distance here. Let me talk to you about the science. This, this strain they're talking about, the EG.5, uh, by the way, they love to call it Eris, whatever that means. Maybe Eros would be good, not Eris. Eros for love or something. Right. But, but th- this strain is not any more dangerous than the one that is prevailing now. It may be, and I mean maybe, slightly more transmissible, but we're heading into a winter where we've got to worry more about the flu because the flu has been bad in Australia and affecting kids, not COVID. So this, it, COVID is part of the, uh, of the terrain now. You deal with it. You figure out how you want to deal with it. We got rapid tests. Hopefully, you know, I mean, they stopped. The, the administration stopped with the rapid tests. We need the rapid tests. Paxlovid is a great drug. As you know, I'm pro-vaccine. But I'm not pro any of this saber-rattling, and I think it's completely unwarranted. We have currently one-fifth the number of cases as we had a year ago at this time, one-fifth the number of hospitalizations. The most important thing, and no one talks about this on the, on the Democrat side, most importantly, the Omicron subvariants are milder. By definition, they're upper respiratory viruses. They give you a sore throat. They give you nasal congestion. They give you fever and fatigue, but they don't go as easily deep in your lungs. So we're not, people are not getting as sick. Yeah. We watch out for high-risk groups. We want people at high risk or the elderly to get vaccines. But the, this terrain has not changed. It's all politics, Sid. It's all politics. So, by the way, in the middle of this conversation, my buddy Charlie Marino, who I love desperately, his wife, Helen Marino, listening right now in Queens, celebrating a birthday today. So, happy birthday, Charlie, to your beautiful wife, Helen. Helen, happy birthday. But getting back to the conversation here, um, so you're saying that the strain is not any worse. It's about the same. But something tells me the media and the politicians are going to make us believe it'll be worse. And there'll be mandates back, like you said. Mask mandates will be coming back. Do you think that people this time around will be equally as, I don't know, I guess they listened last time. They accepted it. But do you think this time people are going to figure out this is all a bunch of nonsense? Of course they will. It's three years into the pandemic. And only 16 percent of Americans took the last vaccine. I think that the government, the, this administration has a huge problem with messaging. They, they talk down to people. I talk differently in the doctor's office. I ask somebody, what are you feeling? What, what are your thoughts? What do you want to do? Did you have a vaccine? How did, you, how did it work for you last time? How, do you, how worried are you? You ask somebody what their feelings are. This government doesn't. They, they, they superimpose dictums, and they're not doctors, by the way. I think that's one of the biggest tragedies that came out of the pandemic, is that doctors got sidelined. Yeah. At least you give me a megaphone. Fox gives me a megaphone. I need it to counter that. Doctors ha- are in the business of figuring out what your risk is and what the benefit of something is, not a, a politician. I mean, did you, how many times did you see Biden at the microphone talking about masks and then he would forget, and he would take his off. Right? <laughs> I mean, he's such an idiot. Him, Gavin Newsom, all these people, they all did the same thing. Uh, uh, Pelosi, they took the mask off, and they felt like it when they went for dinner, when they went to Dodger games. But I will say this. 
the complaints I get, very anecdotal, it's my people, are these. COVID was the most overblown, exaggerated issue in the history of the country. And I believe that's true. I really do. People did die, no doubt about it. Don't want to sound insensitive. But most had comorbidities, almost all of them, actually. And and the truth is it wasn't nearly as dangerous to most everyday people as they wanted you to believe. The second thing is the vaccines. Now, I know Donald Trump was in a tough spot. He had to do something. They came out very, very quickly to his credit. And it did save some people. But there are so many people, Dr. Siegel, that are so critical of these vaccines. They don't work. They're killing people. What's the real truth behind the vaccines? Well, I actually, I actually disagree with you on one thing. But before I get to that, I'm going to answer that. I want to tell you that the ultimate hypocrisy of public health mismessaging was, if you're so worried about COVID, why aren't you closing the borders, by the way? Like Title 42 was taken away by this administration, and people are leaking across who don't have any screening whatsoever. So how could you say COVID's coming back, but by the way, let's have thousands of cases that may have measles, that may have uh, chicken pox, that may have hepatitis, may have polio, you know, didn't get vaccinated against a freaking thing, Sid. And let, let's right. don't let them waltz in with that one magic word, asylum, right? So, uh, and by the way, so here's where I disagree with you. I view Operation Warp Speed very positively because I think that, the pre- that President Trump is making a mistake turning away from it, because I think it shows a sharp contrast between what he did and what the Democrats did. Democrats are the administration of mandates, of cruelty, of dogma, of shutdown, of lockdown, of masks, of, ma- of mandatory vaccines for people who may not need them, or vaccines for people who just had COVID. But, but Operation Warp Speed was about can we do a public-private partnership yeah. to solve a problem? No, 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 no. Let me just stop you for one second. Let me stop you. came out of that. No, I agree. I agree. My, my, my wife is reminding me by my daughter, Ava. That's fine. She, she's not the norm. I mean, the, everybody has a story, but Ava's not the norm. The truth is the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of people who died had comorbidities. They were old. But I, I want to get back that's to true. the... That's true. No, that's true. It's that's a fact. It's a fact. True. Right. That's but, true. But, that's true. That, but I, the still, Trump, I still think the vaccines played a positive No, role. I agree with you. No, I don't disagree with you. What I said was there are people that say to me... I give Trump all the credit in the world. I think he did a great job. But that's the criticism I hear from other people, that these vaccines, you know, look, let me give you an example. I get, I get it. I get it. Let me I give you an example. It. The swine flu came out years ago. I think it was a swine flu. When Obama and Biden were in office, okay? A thousand people died in like 15 minutes. They didn't even know it existed. They had no idea what to do. When I hear people take Donald Trump to task for how he handled COVID, it makes me laugh. Could you imagine how many more would have died? I mean, at least Donald Trump, to his credit, shut down flights to China, shut right. down flights to Europe, had the vaccine done in less than a year. Right. People who are critical of Donald Trump, are they up and kidding me? No, I agree. And I, the point I'm trying to make, and I think you agree with this, is it's, it's a business solution that solves the problem, not a government mandate from a podium, a business solution. So, in, in closing this great conversation... And te- testing. It came from the Trump administration. That's right. That's right. Trump did all that. So, on the way out, uh, these are just yes or no answers. Do you think COVID is coming back? I think it's going to slightly increase, and I think you and I are going to be at a Nick game and a stake before, as usual. 
and we'll be we'll be we'll be there, and we're not going to worry. And if there's less people in our row, and the the Democrats decide to stay home, we'll have more room to spread our legs. But what, but what if they start this nonsense again with like mask mandates and and ID and all that stuff that destroyed this country three years ago? I think the people will rebel. I think we Good. got the message out that it caused great damage to our children and teens, and I think that 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 message is out. And oh, by the way, all the working remotely. Damaged businesses, and of we course. still haven't recovered from it. Now, the, the, the American public is tired of this. They're not going to take it. Dr. Mark Siegel, I love you. Great job. Thank you so much. Really great. Thank you. Okay. Take care. That's you it too. for us. We're going to be back again at 6 o'clock tomorrow. We ran this one as far as we could. I mean, what an unbelievably action-packed show starting at 6 a.m. And don't forget, tomorrow you got Bill O'Reilly, you got Bo Dietl, Judge Napolitano, and a host of others. Back to home by the sea for my folks out in Rockaway. Lou Rubino, great job. Justin Ellick, great job. Jim Flippin, killing it, baby, killing it. We'll all be back again tomorrow. Until then, home by the sea, Bill Collins. Peace. Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.